Not small to get fresh crew. You review the books, get shaved and dirty looks. Now that wrong town just say poo-poo. Poo-poo. Welcome back, get fresh crew, and to all of those taking the plunge for the very first time into the world of the weird and the wonderful. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Werner. And you're listening to episode number 237 of the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Yes, did you like the way I came in there? All happy. Like About things time. Are, uh, things are going great, Excuse Eric. You. And they're, I'm Jim Werner. They're the best ever. I just, you got me fired up with that intro. All right. I'm ready to go. I'm here. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm near, and I'm ready to go. Eric, this is what did you say? Episode two thirty-seven. Is that yes. what it is? It is. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to episode two thirty-seven. Official, official, unofficial, unofficial episode of the Weird Science DC Comics dot com. I ended up having a twitch. Eric, this is the weekend of San Diego Comic Con, so everybody's all fired up with all this news coming down the pike, like the Unicrons books and creative things, and the Unicrons and all that stuff. But hey. Here we are. We're ready. We only have four books tonight. We have four books in a section of mail. Actually, we may have five books. I keep saying four, but I still have to record a book on my own. So <laughs> that's a half a book. So we have four and a half books going down the pike tonight. So not a lot of books, but in a kind of a clairvoyant way that I would love to say again, Nostradamus at his peak. I'm writing a quatrain here. The two idiots will record way too long for the amount of books they have. Oh, yeah. That was a quatrain from Nostradamus. At one point, I even predict later that you'll hear Eric stop talking, and you can almost hear him through the podcast, through your ears, him gritting his teeth that I keep going on and on. Eric, I don't know if that's true. We shall find out. But if you want to go to all of the things that we are around... Yes, if we are around the intranets, boy, we're like a virus, Eric. You can't get rid of us. We're at Weird Science. You can't get rid of viruses? No. Didn't you realize this? I'm a non-vaxxer. You can't get rid of that shit. That's what happened. The, the Earth's flat. There's no Australia. And Philly cheesesteaks should have bell peppers in the merits. See, I'm wrong all the way around. I'm wrong all the way around. Yes, I, I guess you can get rid of a virus. Uh, but hey, some people can't, right? We're the virus that keeps on among us, right? There's a virus among us. Isn't that what they rhyme with that there? Uh, but you can go Where to our have? website at weirdsciencedccomics.com, the fungus among us, Aaron. Did you know what the two balls said to each other, Eric? Nothing. They can't talk. They're nuts. Hey, what, what's going on? Nuts people this can't talk? This is part talk? of my stand-up. No, they can't either. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. You can also go over to the Twitters and follow us at Weird Science DC. I follow everybody back because I am mostly in control of that Twitter account. I say mostly, mostly. sometimes I'm out of my mind, Derek, and don't know what's going on. Sometimes I might get in the fights with people. That's the other gem. That's not the nice gem that's talking There's right a now. Nice gem? Eh, sometimes uh tanya oh that here you go you you want to hear the nice jim you, you ready for this story yesterday did you realize that at one point i looked at my phone and fumbled with it really quick because what happened was tanya called me when we were leaving work we left early i had told my kids we're going to go to the chinese buffet yeah. i ended up we ended up leaving a little bit later than what i thought we were going not much but then it takes us a while i take you to wawa i then have to drop you off so it was taking a little longer but as uh, we were leaving work she called 
and said, hey, you know, what's going on? I said, oh, I'm just clocking out. And legitimately, I was just clocking yeah. out. She's like, okay, well, I'll see you when you get home. Because she knows I don't like talking while you're in the car with me. I don't need you getting into my personal <laughs> shit, you know? Let's so keep professional. I end, up, I end up hanging up. Now, in the meantime, what we were doing at the end of the day at work, which was noon, I was trying to make you laugh pretty much by doing my interpretation of Metallica. So I was I was singing a lot of Metallica songs with wrong lyrics. I was yeah. combining songs, I was making up lyrics, things like that. I ended up butt dialing her and we left her a message. Now nothing wrong. I mean we were you know we were sad but fun. true. Master yeah, it was. It's like sad but true and then seek and seek and destroy. <laughs> so we were doing all that and, and we were having fun. You know, and the, what was it? it was a I am king, nothing, seek and destroy. And <laughs> I was come doing back this to seek whole and destroy. <laughs> Yeah, and everything came back to seek and destroy. So then we're going and in, in a funny way, we then passed our boss on the street. <laughs> And and we started making the songs about him and how much and and basically we said uh, it while we were there laughing, what the hell do those guys think they're doing? Having fun? Where did they get up? Not on my watch. I'm yeah, gonna run them off the road. Unfortunately, Tanya's been mad at me for that same exact thing for the whole weekend because she had a message, me and you laughing it up. Now at one point we stopped <laughs> singing and we were listening to Howard Stern. Yeah. This message we left was seven minutes long. So it was pretty much the whole ride to Wawa. So we were listening to Howard Stern and we were laughing at that. We were kind of talking, giggling. And I got home and I was told I was an asshole because uh -huh. I always have fun with Eric. That's right. And I never, I never joke around at home. So did, did you start then, singing Metallica with your oh, wife? You know what I did? I followed her around. So she's like, I'm going upstairs. I said, okay, I'll go up with you. Now that James hey, Hetfield, you're not. I, I, I said, what are you watching? She goes, oh, I'm watching MTV's Catfish. Oh, really? Catfish, seek and destroy. So I'm there, and she's like, stop it. I'm like, what? Stop it. Stop it, seek and destroy. And she's like, you're a jerk. And this is the fun I'm having, baby cakes. Here we go. Let's have, let's have some fun Come on, fun get on the here. fun train. Yeah, so she's like, oh, aren't you going to – Get sushi. Uh, sushi. So I uh, just everything was. Sushi. Like, sushi. sushi. Seek and destroy. It just kept being that over yeah. and over. She was getting so upset. She was getting so mad at me. She's like, I'm so Ooh. mad right now that Tiny and, uh, can't have fun with you. God, no, she's mad. I know. <laughs> and then and then she sits there and she's like, it's not funny. You just keep doing the same thing. Yeah. And, you know, that's all you're doing. Yep. And I'm like, hush, little baby. Seek and destroy. And then she got <laughs> mad again. And then I said, I'm doing my head banging. I was having some fun. I was having a real good time. And then she doing went downstairs. I followed her. Oh, yeah. Uh, she ended up going downstairs. I, I chased her down there. I, I just kept doing it. And then I realized then. Then she's like, this isn't funny. You know, well, she likes Metallica. There is a band she hates. So and I'm like, all right, so this is the end. I started doing all the door songs. <laughs> all Hello, right. I love you. And then, oh, of course, then Won't it ends up in Seek and Destroy name? then. Oh, I'm telling Seek you. It's like, oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end. Seek and Destroy. And you got to do Seek and Destroy like Jim, uh, Jim Morrison. 
Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that I speak it. I don't know. <laughs> you you got to work it out. Yeah, so, yeah, I would have to work that out. She got very mad. She had that dan, 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 dan. Come dan, on, dan. come on, come on now. Seek, seek and destroy. And destroy. <laughs> uh, there we go. So she she got really mad at me. This is fun. She told me to, she told me to not bother. And then no. went upstairs. And then I said, okay, see, so there you go. There's what. And also, the other part of the equation you, you want to go out and listen to Howard Stern? Because I've tried to listen to him. I've yeah. tried to tell her that he's he's evolved a bit. And some people think that's bullshit. I don't. I like him still. I have him on the Sirius radio in the car. I listen to him all the time. She won't listen to him. So there you go. There's the two things. The only other thing that I could have done is brought you over and you could have just sat there with us. <laughs> And then you, you know, whatever, whatever that would end up being. That seems a little odd, but especially like by the I end of the when I was by the man. end of the podcast, when you hear what you did when we both were at Vietnam and then you went home, you'll see that that always ends up bad. Uh, but yeah, she was so mad at me about this, and I just I couldn't get her to not be mad. She you couldn't get her to mad. seek and destroy. No, she didn't. She just ended up being upset. And I said, what you have to do is find your heart. And the only way to do it is seek and destroy. And she wouldn't do it. She Turns wouldn't seek and destroy for me. Two. That is three. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, we went really over the top. Oh, my God. And I said, listen, baby. And, I, you know, I call her that, baby. I never call her baby. Hey, baby. baby. Listen, you can't be mad at me right now because don't we all want and justice for all is what I told her. She didn't listen. I said, listen, if you don't shut up, I'm going to make you ride the lightning, baby. She didn't listen to that either. And then really, what's going to end up happening? This relationship then is going to be one. you're going to get arrested for it. Battery. Yeah, battery. No, you're going to be one. That's what you're going to be. That's it. It's over. Yeah, there you go. And that's that. That's our Metallica jokes of the night. I forgot all about that. I forgot to tell you about that. I was going to message you, but I figured, you know, why yeah. not do it on the podcast? Why not? But hey, if you want to uh, get rid of this nonsense and listen to more stuff, I told you, I will tell you a little later that, uh, you know, nonsense full out. Now, uh, the other deal with all of this is if you want to hear more of us, if you can't get enough of this nonsense and also having the four and a half books of Metallica. Yeah, really. If you want to get more of this stuff, you can go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science, where one of the big things we do is every week we have a Patreon only spotlight where two books are picked by the bad asses of the Patreon Get Fresh Crew. Beep, boop. Boop. And uh, this week they picked some pretty big ones, right? You had Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen number one. And we had Aquaman number 50, uh, the anniversary deal where Aquaman finally reveals himself to the world as being alive. I will tell you a little spoiler. That's our book of the week. So if you want to get involved Spoilers, in you know, actually hearing us talk something positive, go over to the Patreon also. In a couple of weeks, I, I know I'm a short guy, but I'm going to get pretty low. Uh, it is an annuals week, two weeks from now. And that podcast will be Patreon exclusive as all of the annuals week episodes are. Uh, this one just comes up a little quicker than the others had. Usually you have a little more spacing of the annuals week. That's this not one on is us. Kind of that's every other month. No, that's no, that's problems. just the calendar. Yeah, really. That, that's the problem of the gods is what that is. So if you want to listen to that and listen to a lot of other shows, it's not just the spotlight, but even just the spotlight. We have a Marvel spotlight. We have an indie spotlight. And boy, if you want to hear me and Eric lose our minds, you know, tune into that indie spotlight. That's crazy. But yeah, with that, though. We are going to salute what we call the badasses of the Get Fresh Quirk, and we do Seek that with destroy. Bad badass roll call is what we do. Should That's I right. do it all as James Hatfield? I don't think I'll be <laughs> able to, should, so no. I'm not going to. Your no, voice that yesterday. would be trouble. That would be trouble, but here we go. All right. 
Oh, I, no. I don't know what he's talking. Yeah! Come on, everybody! We have Dalton Needham, Christian Falls, Ken Halleck, Francisco L. Rock III, Lady Abby! We have John Jack, we have Nick Adams, Mark Jager, T-Funk, Josh Vermillion, Aldrin Stoja. We have Batman Beyond, Mark, David Fink, Scott Manship. We have the old Manship. We'll hear about him later, or at least from him. Brandy Murray, Bobby Bain, Reggie Hancock, who is continuing his climb back to the podcast and as a special shout out i forgot to say ron last week i don't know what happened be a superhero in home business podcast by ron saunders check that out we have dave j andrew belfast comic boom rocky d-man 3000 all new dave carlos ian chester mcjerk brian king jolly drew my man pete from nyc paulie p right said fred who is too sexy for eric g Seller, Dweller, Ulysses, Jones, Hakeem, Double Aaron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Missy T, our man Rob Lewis, Lone Wolf, Marv's Wolfman, and Ruben. Ruben's there as well. So I hope, I, I hate when I'm told I forgot uh, some people, and usually it's just because I'm an idiot. When yeah. I'm going through, I get distracted. I tried not to be. So if I ever do miss Tell your name, it is stories. never because I'm mad. And that's what happened. Ron, and Until again, I'll say, go look up Be a Superhero in Home Business podcast by Ron. I owe him a little extra there. Uh, he actually thought I was upset with him, and I was, I'd was i never be upset with Ron. And so he's like, oh, man, you skipped me. Like, there was some reason, and there wasn't. And my, the reason was I was an idiot, is what it was. But thanks, all of you badasses. Thanks, everybody on the Patreon. Mwah. We salute every one of you. We hope that you're enjoying all the shows and all the things that are still re- Remaining for the month will be coming up, but right now we're going to go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. We just want to hear your voice more, and we want to. And here we are with uh, the books of the night, Eric. There are not a lot of books. We have two sections. Yes, small. We have two sections of books here. Uh, Two books in each section. You know, with a little bit of mail in between. It's yeah, the kids' menu. It's kind of like an Oreo, I would think. The books are the cookie, delicious, and the yeah, you know, if they're double stuff, really. We we've talked about it before. There's no reason whatsoever to ever have regular Oreo. Regular Oreos in 2019 should be double stuff. 
every time I go to Walmart and I'm looking around, I do look to see if they have the more stuff. Not that, you know, double stuff, extra stuff. Was I it need the more the, stuff or was it the most stuff? It's something like that. The most stuff, whatever. I, I need those back. Even though every time I'm I get it messed them, up with little Caesars with the bestest, mostest. The bestest, mostest, the pepperoniestest there. I ended up having the- Little Caesars uh, thinks we're all stupid. Yeah. I I had Little Caesars the other day, and we ended up- I I just had recently gone a little over the top, Eric. I'm more of a Rockefeller when it comes to Little Caesars, because I'm splurging every time and getting stuff crossed. Oh, my. $3 extra? Usually not Not on on my my watch. watch. Not on my watch, usually. (laughs) Um, But I decided as a treat, because Logan had asked a couple weeks ago to get that- all of a sudden, I'm eating a stuffed crust pizza. I want to watch Puppet Master and sleep in a sleeping bag over at your house. Um, but oh, wow, that didn't happen. Amazing. But I it. have actually oh. enjoyed that stuffed crust pizza a lot. The last time I got it, though, because I get in that portal. Did you eat it backwards? I don't like talking to people. No, there's no reason <laughs> to eat it backwards. Uh, what, what do it's I look like? I Donald Trump? Did you see, do you remember the Donald Trump commercial? He was eating it backwards. Also, there were points where you'd have like Michael Jordan, you know, all yeah, these other crazy guys doing it. In the 90s. Bobby Brown, Whitney, you know, I don't know. They, oh. they were all doing it. Jay-Z, maybe. Was he back then? I don't think he was on the know. scene yet. He was still eating it backwards. I know he was there in the in the New York area. Hey, Isn't I was eating where it backwards. He's from? I, I I, know. Why would you eat it backwards? First off, you eat it backwards. Because then you have no they thing. told you don't me have to. Yeah. Yeah, you show. You end up with not anything. You you don't have a handle then. You end up doing that, and then you have nothing to hold it by. So that screws you up. Plus, I can't really. I've really got. It's almost like you paint yourself into the pizza corner then. You don't want to do that. Plus, at the end, you end up with a pizza breadstick at the end. It's perfect to eat at the end. Plus, if you have dipping sauce, right? How they were freaking merchant, like, you know, telling on the commercial oh, how know. you're supposed to go into this whole, this new amazing thing where it's stuffed, cheese stuffed in the crust, yeah. back of the crust. You know, get, get, you'll get there. You want to start <laughs> with the dessert yeah. first well, and have all that cheese. That's the thing is, they want you to start with the stuffed crust because then you get frustrated and throw the pizza away. Now you got to go buy another pizza because <laughs> you're like, I just threw away half a pizza. I'm telling you, you get all greasy. I don't need my hands to be greasy, especially. Now, I, know you don't, I know you don't go to uh, Pizza Hut very often, but one of the newer no. things they've had over the past year or two or something like that. A are those little like nuggets. No, no, those little those little cheese nuggets where you pull them off oh, of really? the crust. It's almost like oh, yeah, a crimped yeah. up I've, stuffed I've, I've crust. Heard of that. Yeah, yeah. What do you think? It, of it that? almost. I, I, I had it once. I actually had it once. It, it wasn't as good. And it, for some reason, it reminded me <laughs> that crimping like really a, ruined it for you. It, yeah, it reminded me of having like an apple turnover all over my pizza or something. It did. The crimping the got that? me upset. It got me upset. <laughs> the, the, the look of it did not do well for me. Not just about it you had like, one of those apple dessert pizzas. Nah, it looked like a sombrero or something. I, I remember not liking it. I don't remember much more about that, though I will reveal. Jim right Werner, fears change. That is true. What is that, my hate ad? Jim Werner I says that he think. wants to welcome change, but little do you know, he fears change. Yeah, if, I, if I'm going against you, the, the battle will be who fears change more. He's, oh, he's dating Jess for all this time. Enough said. I'm Jim Werner, oh, and I no. approve of this message. That's all I say. <laughs> He still plays with I'm Transformers. Ruined. I'm Jim Werner. Uh-huh. I approve of this message. There you go. You, you, that's all you want. He he says he's America's sweetheart. 
I don't believe it. Then that's not much of a hate ad, but I'm just going to go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He thinks that he's America's sweetheart because Melissa Joan Hart follows him on Twitter. Who the heck remembers Melissa Joan Hart? <laughs> there you go. She 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 was, was never see America's sweetheart, but I did like gonna... her. Salila oh, Moon you- Fry was going to follow me on Twitter. I was going to try to do that because I didn't realize that she was actually on Sabrina the Teenage Witch as well with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. And they're good friends. Punky. Are they good friends? Punky. Those two? I, yeah, I, that's yeah. what I see on the internet. She, she was well endowed after her punky day. Until she uh, wasn't. Tells, yeah. Yeah, yeah, until she she had to do something about that. I don't know who I want like more. Sabrina the Teenage Witch, the Punky Brewster, who else am I thinking of? You mentioned her earlier, Small Wonder. I, I oh, think I so like I don't think I mentioned Small Wonder earlier. I think I like in my head you did. I, I actually like Punky the best. Punky. I, I Punky. really did not like Punky when it was out. I was a little bit too old for You're Punky. Too old, yeah. I was really I, the right I've age come, range for that. I've come to appreciate Punky since then. I just imagine uh, you're a freaking junior in high school just watching Punky Brewster. Yeah. Well, I did while I was in college. <laughs> I was watching that show 13 or 15, I guess yeah, it was called 15, that, yeah. at that point. Yeah, you were just yeah, hoping. I like that. Yeah, I was. I was like, Younger oh, I better. wish I back at the uh, back in my uh, heyday of fifteen. And eh, that wasn't my heyday at all. But hey, here's the book. What's your heyday? Have... <laughs> there never was a heyday. I'm still waiting for it. I think my heyday is it's yet coming. to come. Yeah, it is. All I need is for you to rate one of these damn books a ten out of ten, and my heyday is hit, baby. Well, that's not happening I will this have week, my man. heyday. Yeah, I know. Can, can you fake the funk just one of these times and let it happen? No, Let's just ride off never. in the sunset. Ride off in the okay. sunset. You used when you were going to leave early from work or not going to be there the next day and let me know. You would say you were hitting the dusty trail, Eric. You have not said well, that in a long the old time. Dusty trail. I think that we have to do that, right? <laughs> it's about time. I, I think not <laughs> only because I am tired. And I am frustrated. And and this and is ugly. also what it, it basically what I'm doing is explaining Tanya's idea about our marriage. Uh, but uh, towards these books, I am just so depressed right now. I, I'm enjoying talking to you, Eric, right about Punky Brewster. These okay. books, maybe not so much. I actually am coming into this. I'm coming into this episode. Punky. I'm coming into this episode (laughs) with a smile on my face, though. Mainly because we we have four books. That's why I have a smile. I'm like, is this the life that most podcasters lead? Four books on the docket and ready to rock. Yeah, I know it will be. Like everything, not Eric Shea. It always is a little bit longer, right? (laughs) I'll tell you, I only have one sound effect loaded up, Eric. So you're going to hear a lot of that. I- I'm going to do this my is not own the news, sa- news Hello, report. Science. Yeah, news flash. I, I actually have the news song still loaded up. If you like to hear that, I mean that would no, be good. one of those. I'm good. Hey everybody! If you want to read the reviews for all these issues that we're talking about tonight, Holy and many, many pizza. more, including collapser that jeremy ended up reviewing yesterday but i forgot all about nice. it and did not publish it until today excellent go excellent. over and he reminded me and i felt so bad go over to our website weird science dccomics.com he did he's like did you forget about collapser and i hope that he appreciates the idea that usually Another i would time to say collapse this message oh oh you know usually what i would say though is oh no no i want to make sure it doesn't get better I, there's a plan there was no oh, plan so you're, you're telling forgot. me you're a liar well, I'm telling you, I wasn't. I didn't want to lie to him. I said, oh, crap, no, I forgot. I, I certainly you, did forget. Like, this is what I usually tell people, yeah. but it's all yeah, bullshit. Yeah, I'm usually a liar. I'm not a liar this time. No, sometimes I do Not to sweet want Jeremy. To, 
uh, like Luke, Luke will do uh, My Hero Academia reviews. And yeah. since that isn't a DC property or whatever, I do not want them to get too close to the DC stuff. Yeah, I, I do want you. that to be on the weekend. So that is a not plan. Not to mention, you're one of those what they call a podcast machine, aren't you? You're always recording. That's right. Isn't that right? D- doesn't that make me an authority? <laughs> Can I get Maybe. on message boards and claim that I can talk Transformers <laughs> because I do a bunch of podcasts? Can I do that? Uh, all I Is do is I show up. No, I show up on Twitter. I, I end up and I see these people <laughs> who follow us. And then they're like, man, anybody out there, does anybody know about so-and-so book? So I sit there and go, well, you know, finally, Jim Werner can you. shine. Old Jimmy Boy can shine here because these people follow wow. us. So obviously they listen to a podcast. And to me, like a Tom King, a lot of the people want to tell me that he's so great because he has so many issues. That's the only thing they'll say. Hey, we got a lot of episodes, baby, and we have a sure lot do. of hours logged in. So I think, okay, I'm going to go need in there. Award. I'm telling you, I'm like, here, just crack my knuckles. Have you heard that? And I'm like, all right, let's type this out. No, well, we heard it. really, if you want to jump on the Nightwing's book – this week is a great time to do so. And, and don't let the people who are shaming this book lead you astray. Try it out on, yourself. I gotta, I gotta, and then I got to get I back to this there. person. Hold on, oh, hold yeah, on. No, I'm telling you. Fuck I'm off, sitting there gramps. doing this. Yeah, no, I'm not just sitting there and I'm doing this. I'm like, and, and really, the, the best deal to think about this book is that you have to make your own decision. And then let me tell you, <laughs> I have done a lot of podcasting hours and I think that I know what oh, I'm my. talking about and then i sit back and i'm like and i'm telling you if i if i smoked i'd light up a cigarette (laughs) because boy i just i have just changed a life eric is what i've done so i sit there and i'm like all right let's see the praise come in let me wait for one stinking tweet to come in that says the veil is lifted on old jim (laughs) warner it says like oh my god jim says this you know what I was against Jim? that book, but maybe I'll give it a shot because, boy, I respect him. No, no, no. Five tweets in a row. What the hell do you know? Fuck you, off, Gramps. You, hey, listen here, Gramps. <laughs> Go back to the old folks' home, asswipe. That's all I get. What's I, up, I get casual? And then I sit there. Yeah, really? Then, and, and I was going to wait for the, you know, when we get to the Batman book. I sit there. I told you now. It does seem, even though Tom King pretty much swept the Eisners, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. He he gets all these awards, but before that, up all the land of confusion. I'm I am on Twitter, and I'm like, did I wake up somewhere? You know, do I have a long beard here? Am I Rip Van Winkle here? Because I I'm that old, but I don't have the beard. But all of a sudden. The tide has turned. I mean, am I in Wildwood here? Because the tide is really turning, Eric. And I see so all these tweets. Wildwood? Yeah, I think so. When the tide turns, instead of uterus, uh, you know, coming up on shore, you, you get needles. But uh, as I'm That's sitting Wildwood, here, I'm right. seeing this going on where I'm like, people are tweeting out just out of nowhere. This run of Batman of Tom King's really stinks. And I'm on, you know, this has been going on for too long. I'm like. What the heck happened here? Because these are the tweets that, you know, people seem to stay clear of. Now I see. Oh, my goodness. I've been saying this for a while. Yeah, that's what I I said. That's what I said. Yeah, I agree with you. I've been saying this. I'm telling you, I'm trying to get in, trying to be the equivalent of the douchebag first. Yeah, on a message board. I'm like, yeah, you know, (laughs) I've been saying this for 60 issues. And then I, I get back. Yeah, right there, Johnny come lately. Go out of here, oh, no. Gramps. I'm like, what's what happened? happened? 
what happened? They're like, hey, you know, I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't understand. And now I have so much written over my notes now uh, that I'm Did screwed. But yeah, Twitter. So then, yeah, so then <laughs> you, you even get me at work. I go into work and I say to Eric, to hey, I. Eric. Yeah, you know, this is weird now. Everybody seems to be jumping off the Tom King bandwagon. Is it because, you know, he's kicked off Batman book and now it's a safe bet to get off of it? And, but I said, now we're going to get on the podcast and not like a Batman book. And everybody, oh, look at those guys jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, I'm like, what? And then to make, it worse, to make it worse, I actually said something to you that I knew would drive you nuts is that I said, I'm on, and it's it's actually goes hand in hand with you and your horror movies and, and your uh-huh. you know message boards. Because I said, listen, why is it now that I'm mad at people hating Tom King because I think they're hating him for all the wrong reasons? I'm actually getting <laughs> mad because they're, right. they're not hating him the right way. I'm getting all mad at it. Oh my, Eric! It is so hot in this room right now. I am sweating like Eric Shea in December. <laughs> I told that you I'd time. use that one. I told you I'd get around to that. <laughs> you told me that last Sunday. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Eric is a sweaty man. That, that's all that yes. joke is. I just want to reveal. I went into work the other day. Yesterday, actually. I get there. I, Eric can only have been working five minutes before I got there. I show him. He is drenched. Drenched. I was working I mean, I'm a telling you. eight minutes before you showed he, up. Thank you very much. And I much. said, what the heck happened? You're like, I had to bend over and put labels I on some boxes. and put stickers on a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah there he goes. <laughs> bend over. But yeah, go to our website and you'll get all this fun over at Weird no, Science, DCComics.com. And I, I'd like to think that if you're just jumping on the podcast, you would think, oh my, these guys only have four books to talk about. This is why they're talking nonsense. No, no, no. That's not the reason. We're we're pretty much nonsense mongers. And I do think that I want to announce to people that starting now, Eric, I, I don't care about nonsense anymore. And I say don't care about it. I mean, let it flow, baby. At one point, I huh? told you, I said, got to kind of, you know, maybe we want to. And I think that it was part of what we're kind of joking about. I want it to be more respected. I, I want it to be the fancy Jim Werner who, when I walk into the room, they say, look at that <laughs> Jim Werner. Pants. That's the guy who knows all about DC Comics. I, you know, up until now, I get, hey, that's the guy that yells at his wife and talks about, you know, bowel movements. But you know what? I think I'd like the bowel movement yell at his wife version better. This idea of knowing more and trying to blow people's minds about these comics, it ain't working. Nobody listens to us. So there you go. They listen to the nonsense. When we're done in the slack, barely do I ever get the idea of, hey, you know, that Teen Titans review you guys did was great. No, no, no. Man, you brought up a hell of a point. It really changed my mind (laughs) on what's going on there. Yeah, no. Instead, I get, man, when you were telling Eric that you were going to come to his house and slice, slice his throat, that was great. That's all they care about. Uh, I also, like I, I do. Also, I, I really got lightheaded right there. It is really hot in this room, and I did mention on the Patreon. Did you take your medicine? No, I, I talked on the Patreon. I'm done. I, I'm stepping back oh, from medicated gym. And, and listen, this is why I am scattered. Did you I, hold I, on? Hold I on. You, you, you left your pills at work, didn't you? Yes, I did. And we left early yesterday. I never got yep. to take the Friday medicine. So I so didn't tell you, this that. Is not a, this is not a freaking decision no. that you have made by a it's thoughtful, like a turkey. thought out plan here. It's no, just that it, you our work, left your pills oh, yeah. at work and no, tried to make an schedule, excuse. Our work schedule was an intervention, Eric. <laughs> we ended up leaving work and I left them there. I forgot because we left early. Completely forgot them there. So I thought to myself, I here, could Mike, dri- you can't bullshit me. Yeah. No, no, I, I could drive back. And get them, but then that's that's overboard. I said, but you know it's what hot. I mean? 
Yeah, it is hot. But so I ended up not taking them yesterday, obviously. So I haven't taken them since Thursday. So it's been a while now. It's been over two days. So I didn't take them. I was tired last night. I will tell you, I was very, very tired. I ended up doing a video review of Aquaman and I had some fun doing it. But I think if people listened, they could tell that I was a little drained, right? So I end up waking up this morning and didn't feel bad. Like I actually really worried that maybe this was going to, like I was really going to have a crash from this. I didn't feel bad. So I'm gathering up the the Comic-Con news for the Patreon news program. And I realize while I'm doing this, that I cannot concentrate one bit. I'm telling you I'm nope. all over the place because I'm I'm gathering news. While I'm gathering news, I'm also hitting clickbait stuff. Then I'm there, I'm singing a song to myself. I'm gathering karaoke. And I'm like, I have one thing I have to do. I concentrate. I'm slapping myself, Eric. I know you hate when I slap myself on the mic, so I won't do you it. Seem you seem like really you're For some reason, you really hate that. Don't say that. <laughs> That's awful. Uh, So uh, when I ended up starting the news program, then uh, I was way, I ask anybody, I'm telling you, people will tell you in the Slack chat all over the place. I lost track of what I was talking about about 50 times, talking about classic rock, all these TV shows. I don't even remember. So you tell me the show was amazing. I, I actually, when I got done, I, I kissed myself, Eric. I stepped back, kissed myself, ow, and said, you know what? I think people might like this episode, actually, because I was out of my mind. But yeah, well, that's continuing there you go, now. Jim. Right there, people are going to hate it because you know for a fact that I everything know. that we think is good, nobody I cares know. about. The episodes that we actually think suck, people love. Yeah. Oh, we've had times in the past month or so where we legitimately had an episode where I thought to myself, I often thought, you know, hey, sometimes I'm not ready to record. Sometimes I don't think we have a lot to talk about. But when we go and talk, we end up, you know, having diarrhea of the mouth, all that stuff. We have nonsense. And I really enjoy it. But we did have an episode where it was my worst nightmare a couple weeks ago, where I did think that this was the bomb of bombs, that this show stunk. I was embarrassed to have it out there. I even said to you that I almost didn't release it. It was that bad. But yeah, there we are. I got, you know, reviews from people all week. Best episode ever. Like, really? It was terrible. Oh, yes, sir. Here we are. That's yes, how it I'm, goes. I'm scattered, Eric. I, I got I to gotta gather my wits here. I'm at wits end. I am. I, I actually feel like I'm doing like a stand-up, and I am uh, like a – I don't know. I, I can't even gather my thoughts again now. Good. I'm Robin Williams. Right, I'm uh, was what I was going to say. Oh, Robin I'm Williams. Robin gotcha. Williams. A dead man. Three weeks ago. Here we go. Too soon. Too soon. Now I'm tired. Maybe. Justice League number 28. Plus I, plus I ate a, uh, I ate a uh, big cheesesteak today and it really threw me off. And a half. Yeah. Justice League number 28. I'm like the Amish. I do everything and a half more. Justice League number 28. That's really helped my waistline too. Written by James Tynan IV. Art by Javi Fernandez. Daniel Sempere. Juan Alboron. Hi, fine. Tom Napolitano. Eric, do they give out Eisner's? Four blurbs because they're about to give me one. Justice League continues with an issue that is pretty much ground zero for the year of the villain. We see that while Lex is interested in tipping the cosmic scales towards doom one villain at a time, he is way more interested in becoming one with Martian Manhunter in a non-sexy way. Eric, a non-sexy way. In the meantime, the Justice League run into a very dead end in the antimatter universe, and Starman does not mind cosmic spoilers let's discuss Eric. i even had that written <laughs> i'm telling you there there it is eisner award-winning 
Player. You're talking about not in a sexy way, but when Martian Manhunter is kind of, you know, becoming ooze and being leaked into Lex Luthor by the end, it does seem to be playing with his belly button and nipples. So it kind of seems well, sexy to me. Here's the thing. If anybody out there wants to make a video and beat me to it, get the Done. panels of Martian Manhunter. What kind of video? Getting absorbed into Lex and then have, oh, my love, have that. And you'll have the next version of the ghost pottery scene going right there. Because that's what it needs. It needs Unchained Melody in there. And it would be very sexy and and very, uh, you know, loving. It's gross. I know. (laughs) But that's basically all this issue is, really, is that Lex wants to step up the deal. Man, I'm going to Martian Manhunter all over people later. Yeah, and I still think that he is kind of going to be the harbinger for Perpetua, but this is more spelling out that he wants to be the apex predator. Now, what I don't quite get jived in with me is because before it seemed as if the Legionnaires Club, they were going to make an army, which also right. Perpetua was going to do. Perpetua was going to make, you know, pretty much a whole, you know, race of these. Lex seems to just want to be it himself and then stop there. Well, he's going to test drive for a, a while, see how it feels. Yeah, well, what I have a problem with, with this whole story, and, and it really came to fruition here. It reminds me a lot of metal, where you start at metal, you had a build up to metal as well. Where it was Barbados, Barbados, Barbados. Once metal hit, it was Batman or last, Batman or last. Barbados meant nothing. Barbados right. slipped back into the shadows. That's what Perpetua is doing now. And it, it seems what are you very about? She's similar being taken in my care mind. Of by the Legion of That's Doom. what I'm saying. What does that mean? Are they offing her? Taking care of? You know, adopting? Are we going to go back to the flash with those hoods? They're Take nursing care her of? right now. Yeah. Yeah, so with this, it, it really reminds me of Barbados, where you got the name of the big bad. And never got anything else. You're always getting the the right hand man instead. And this is now Lex, and it has been. Barbados, he was just having tower time with himself, just hanging off that thing, looking around. You know, that's what he liked to do. I I get the idea that Perpetua is just going to stand around waiting for her court date with the cosmic judges. We didn't realize the court date is two months from now. (laughs) She's been summoned already. Yeah, yeah, she's there. They're going to have a hearing first to decide if they have enough evidence. Then they'll continue on with the trial. Uh, Perpetuous so cosmic throws ankle me monitor. Off. Yeah, really. That throws me off a bit. Uh, yeah, she has a flight risk if ever there was one. So she's in trouble. So having Lex Luthor here, but then having him as the apex predator, which up until now was pushed as what Perpetua thought was going to be the ultimate race. Oh, yeah. And then also the Legionnaires thought it was going to be the ultimate way to combat that or at least take over themselves having just Lex being that and just throwing it out there without really knowing what that is yet. It, it throws me off a bit. So there's a lot of things in the story you, that you think are that hearsay. We Go, are in a on. part in this, the antimatter universe where we just have John talking about how yeah. I can feel Sinestro trying to do the ultraviolet spectrum underneath my yeah. ring tattoo. This that is I have. what, like, this what, is what I'm mean? saying. All of this is kind of coming in where I think that this issue exposes it a lot because this is a very talky issue. Now, everybody who, especially Patreon people in the Slack chat, know that I have an ongoing battle between me versus Tynan's narration. This isn't narration heavy. It is vocal. You know, it is dialogue heavy. I don't mind it, though. When the dialogue, the dialogue here is pretty straightforward to what's going on. The problem is it's doing what a lot of other books like The Flash is doing, like Batman setup doesn't do all these things where you're skirting over things that need to be explained. 
and then later on using these as wow moments and they don't have it's it's a foundation no, made of sand as nothing. we say so when you say that with john about the oh man he's trying he to says, work the ultraviolet it's underneath yeah, my ring underneath I'm like, the but ring. it's not we a ring, this ring was gone. it's a tattoo no, it's a that's tattoo the thing now. though if you look at his thing it looks like he's got his green lantern ring again he has that a ring make sense I, yeah i know it doesn't it looks like he has his ring back so when he's saying oh it's trying to get the underneath it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense and we never really learned what all that was so you have and and there's, in the meantime sinestro seven, shows seven dark up. energies of the universe Yes, and Sinestro, when he shows up, he's not pushing ultraviolet either. He's pushing yellow, and he's pushing, you know, antimatter. That's what we do with the antimatter universe. We do fear, we do yellow energy. It's all about that. But that kind of pushes away because Sinestro himself has been ultraviolet. He's got his new costume and all that. So it ends up kind of reverting back to use something that shouldn't be used anymore because it fits the story. And I I thought that that was a little off. Also, I want to know, and we'll get into this again, you know, page per page, or at least, you know, kind of like that. But the idea where Marsha Manhunter's like, hey, where's this Perpetua? You know, I heard all about her. I haven't seen her. And Lexus tells, don't you worry. The Legion of Doom is off taking care of her. Then we see Three quarters of the Legion of Doom show up in the antimatter universe. I hope Brainiac Who's is watching very intently. Look, it's just Brainiac. She's, she's, she's old enough to deal with her own self for a little while now. She she doesn't burn. She swore she wouldn't burn the house down. It's fine. We no, can no. Up, what it is? I'll while. tell you what happened. It, Perpetua is Tanya, and I end up giving Tanya her medicine. You know, a little disclosure. Tanya has a mental illness, and then it's nothing oh. that it has to do with this. But I have to give her a medicine because part of her mental illness. Kind of makes it so she doesn't want to take her medicine, which makes it worse. It's a Do never you have the illness as well? Maybe. No, I don't. Not what she has. But uh, so I have to give her a medicine. Well, she gets in these little moods, uh, you know, every month or so where she doesn't think I should have to give her a medicine because that means I'm treating her like a child that I had. So I think Perpetua has flipped out. She's like, listen. I'm not a child. You don't have to take care of me. And eventually she argued so much that you're just like, okay, whatever. And they went off to the antimatter universe. And that's what I think happened fully. But it's the magic one of those things. She packed her perpetual suitcase, walked down the side, down to the block at the end of the sidewalk because she's not allowed to cross the street yet. And now I'm running away, but doesn't know what to do at this point. Oh, it's it's great, too, because at that point, you don't realize Brainiac packs his suitcase, too, and walks there. And, and then Perpetua bum, goes, bum, what bum, are you bum. doing? Oh, I'm running away with you. Like you said, nobody appreciates us. And you know what? They both learned a lesson that night. They both, they both learned, learned that, that they're they needed. They both are needed. The problem is, though, the next day, Don Drysdale shows up and tells Perpetua she can make the big leagues. Perpetua wants to quit school. It's crazy. In the meantime, <laughs> Alice's mean cousin comes over. She's a drill sergeant. She's blowing her whistle. Eric. Uh, so when this is going on, scatter, Eric. Scatter every day. <laughs> uh, the whole deal is at the end of last issue of Justice League, we ended up having the offer being presented to Marsha Manhunter. I like the idea. This issue shows that that little offer. Kendra shouldn't have been there. Kendra was like one of those people no. who are there when something big happens, she was, when she you're was sleeping a plus over. One that she didn't yeah, have a you're plus sleeping one. over somebody's house and then something happens. You're not supposed to be involved in all this greatness. <laughs> uh, so they end up going and following, you know, where it's sending them. Kendra knows right off the bat. Hey, listen, this is nonsense. <laughs> this is a setup. You know this. Why are you doing this? Martian Manhunter has his own deal. And I do like, as we go on, Lex calls out Martian Manhunter, basically 
you're the biggest one for doom now because what you're doing trying to find me that's selfish. You only yeah. care about yourself. You don't you care left about your friends. changing You're the me. You're part of the Justice yeah. League. They need you to co- coordinate what they're doing. And you decided, yeah. eh, you don't need to deal with them because you're off doing your own thing, you selfish son of a bitch. Yeah, you. and he says that he's even more of a selfish son of a bitch because of the idea that Lex calls him out. You're not doing this to help Justice versus Doom. You're not trying to figure out Perpetua. You're doing this to make yourself feel better. You're doing this because you think you can save me, but you only want to save me because that makes you feel better. That doesn't help any. And he says almost basically, you're the most doom there is. I mean, really, you're, you're doom incarnate. So doom this is doom, great. Doom, We're going to join up. Yeah, really. So he ends up and they have these coordinates and they end up going, you know, to the U.S. Midwest and they're there. And as they approach, Lex kind of gets a little telepathy through. I mean, I'm waiting for, you know, a, a thing to land, a, a Martian to land actually here. I'm going to start making big towers of uh, mashed potatoes, Eric, because that's kind of <laughs> we have the buttes. And stuff. so you end up there. Martian Manhunter ends up getting telepathy from lex saying hey you know i'm glad you showed up but you're gonna put kendra to sleep i don't need her nonsense and if you if you do anything that even gives her the even hint that i'm talking to you right now i'm shutting this bitch down and we're going now the funny thing is he ain't doing that martian manhunter doesn't realize this his whole plan lex's whole plan needs martian manhunter he (laughs) is lying out of his teeth here and uh, so he says that, and I like it too because it, he has to say it twice, you know, to get Martian Manhunter fully in. And Martian Manhunter agrees because he does think that the plan's so he nice, he's got to say it twice. And it is true. The the weird thing about this whole issue, as you go on, though, I don't think they pushed enough of Martian Manhunter really trying to make Lex good or trying to convince him. Yeah, Martian Manhunter's there saying, oh, I don't think that this is the right way or, you know, oh, but he is more concerned about his own self. He doesn't have a really good argument about this. Well, he doesn't. And he's, I'm telling you, he's more involved in his own self fully because when they do go. Good times, that's that's right, what Lex. happens. And, and as he's like, oh, these ships were there because of me. I mean, he's all about himself. He's like Eric Shea uh, just about every other day. So he goes in and it's a pretty cool little Legionnaire's, you know, hideout here that he ends well, up. The thing Lex is, I imagine this is the Hall of Doom. The whole idea is that the Hall of Doom, they couldn't find it because it was constantly out of phase with our time. So I actually take this as the Hall of Doom itself, which I is didn't. weird because I that's actually, what I thought Perpetual I actually, was. Yeah. Now well, I he actually keeps talking took about this, this as the Legionnaires, Legionnaires deal. Yeah, yeah, Vandal Savage was building the Hall of Doom. Lex took it from him. I know, and this is but all the way stuff. I, so, like, I think that this is a side thing because even when he says he says, like, I, I hate to admit this because this is nothing that he's involved with, but it still is the same. It, it has the same process as the Legion of Doom. It, it ends up, sir, you know, it's out of frequency with regular time, so that you can't find it unless you're allowed to find it. But yeah, it's weird because it doesn't look like the legion of doom obviously even on the inside it looks a little different uh from you know all those windows and stuff like that but he does seem to press that it is the legionnaires thing and it like kind of goes with the idea because they do have the ships in there that we're going to launch against mars i took it as the hall of doom and in this whole thing i'm like where is perpetual at if not at the hall of doom like where is the side place that they have her stashed at and like yeah uh, i think she's just in the actual hall of doom is what I because think. even I think at the end, though, like, because 
I'm sitting there thinking he's talking about like with Hawkgirl, like, you know, Martian Manhunter gets absorbed. Hawkgirl's trapped there. Like he's about to destroy the Hall of Doom. Like, why would we do that at this point? Like you have the coolest thing in the world. Don't destroy it yet. But whatever this place is, yeah. by the end of the issue, Lex is talking about destroying it. So that's what we're ending up with. Yeah. And, and even that he doesn't really say Vandal worked on it. He just said it was the scientists working for Vandal Savage's Legionnaires Club. And I think this goes hand in hand with that idea where we saw that they were working behind Vandal Savage's back when he discovered them and then got mad because they were doing things. So like that Vandal's weird back. underwater lab that they had, we were Yeah, I think that this is kind of, I bet you they have a bunch of these. And I do think that this is one of those, while it's out of phase with everything, I don't think it moves. I think that it's always set there. Legion of Doom right. seems to be able to kind of move around and things like that even though it really loves lava eric that's that's where it likes to go um but yeah so they the go in doom yes you, you end up having uh martian manhunter uh you know knock out kendra and then she's brought in by the spider bots of lexus which only to me look like she's falling down the stairs and dropped out a bunch of marbles and this is where i will say that i have been giving javier fernandez some kudos for having art a little better than he usually does say and when he was not on the Nightwing issue. book. Some of this issue is okay, some of it is not. This this first part, and especially as Everything they go dealing into with Lex this and phase, Martian Manhunter is awful. It's, it's really bad. It's really, really bad. You go off to Quard then. Uh, I don't mind and that. You do have the you do have the Just League, and that looks pretty good. Uh, this is a wild goose chase right now. It seems like a stalling tactic, and only in my mind, this is the edict from editorial. Justice League has to be in a Justice League book. There was no reason <laughs> for them to be like. in this. There was no reason court, for them was, to be there. I was so excited to go to the antimatter universe to find the antimatter. Even the idea that he killed all these Quardian weaponers who were building something. Where I'm like, is he recreating the Mobius chair to keep this in like yeah. the continuity? for what we were dealing with, what the idea that he is Mobius of the original Mobius chair, like the anti-mind. I'm like, is that what we're dealing with now? Cause that's very compelling to me. It's just that we go there. Um, yeah, everybody's dead. Anti-minder says, yeah. don't follow me. We have the Legion of Doom there. The rest of them, who's not Brainiac, Lex Luthor and nothing happens. Nothing. Let's go home. Yeah, everybody. And, and okay. here's the thing is I, I was even talking to people last, uh, last review of Just League about this because I said last issue that I thought that they got the monitor a little too easily. You know, he ended yeah. up flip-flopping with just, hey, you know, I'm going to give it a try. Oh, since you put it that way, so will I. I didn't want them to get the anti-monitor quickly, but I would have liked to have something where they just don't get told to go to the anti-matter universe, go there, and pretty much leave them with nothing. I mean, it really, the only thing that this did to me was maybe point out that you know, he's a little crazy. I already know he's not a, he's a bad dude, Eric. Yeah, uh, but having him, worlds. Yeah, having him kill the weaponers, that, that's a, a little chaos off, bringer. right? Uh, I thought also off was Flash walking through and making jokes about dead people's helmets. Uh, I understand the, the helmets Scott's are kind of like Allen as the jokester of the team. Yeah, but it, it's the jokester of the team while they are, I mean, these aren't robots. It's very inappropriate. These these are weaponers of Quard. These Look, are you know they're, these they're are the antimatter people. Who cares are. about them? But who cares? Maybe John might be a little off and say, "Oh, you know what? These stinking guys. I fought them." But Barry Allen, Barry Allen, yeah, he's I a do love the He's also weaponers. a nice guy. Yeah, I do too. So I was hoping to see them. I was hoping at least we'd get instead of <laughs> yep, what ends up being are. a message in blood. Maybe one of them almost alive. And they're like, oh, you know, you have to do this, and maybe uh, hope that right, maybe Tugger, some of them you will dirty live. matter people. Yeah, yeah. So you know, whatever happens, you know, there. I will never but get along, will up, we? 
they're just walking through this wondering what, what, what happened while you have John, you know, John Stewart talk about, man, I fought these stinking jerks before. And just imagine all of them attacking you at once. I'm like, this is a weird deal. Sounds they're all amazing. dead. Let's I mean, do that right now. Yeah, yeah they're all dead. Uh, but yeah, they're like, I don't know where the anti-monitor went. Out of nowhere, Batman seems to have levitated way above the scene and says, hey, everybody. You're standing on a bloody message. I wanted everybody to scatter really quick. Oh, God. And it basically like, hey, John, can you translate it with your ring? And again, this seems like, and we see Green coming out of it later as well, that he has his Green Lantern ring back. And and it's a weird kind of an aside here. He's had the Green Lantern power. It's just been a tattoo ring that we've I'm had I'm just this saying it time. looks like a ring, and he kind of says ring. I- I'm telling you, it looks like a you, ring now again. I don't know again. what everything has before, because when his ring was destroyed by Sinestro, and we were told that yeah. you are now of the ultraviolet spectrum, you can never become a Green Lantern again no. until he oh, he's somehow still Green Lantern. had a Green I know, I'm yeah. saying, but then I, in the in the story, he just kind of overcame that, had a Green Lantern tattoo yeah. ring on his finger, and that yep. didn't seem to matter anymore. Now, he's trying to get underneath my ring, and I uh, had yeah, the ultraviolet take over. Does that mean like under his skin? I don't know what that means. I, I don't know I t- either. But got you under there's a weird deal here, and and could this be something because you end up having Batman say, hey, John, never made translate sense that with your ring. And then, no, I'm saying about this translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he stopped, though, by the World Forger. Who then says, whoa, 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 no, he doesn't have to translate. I know Malthusian. I'll do it. And it's a weird way. Like, why did you need that? Why did you need him to step forward and say, no, no, John, you don't translate. I know the language. And then says, it says, don't follow. I'm starting to maybe go along the lines of people who are saying that the world forger is not on the up and up. And maybe that's why the monitor gave the wink wink to join. I still would have gone and freaking translated that. Yeah. Hell yeah, I I would have translated that right then because he translates it and he steps in. And it's 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 just odd to me why you would do that unless you are really intent. James Tynan really wants you to know that the World Forger knows other languages. That seems odd. It might be the case. Uh, but yeah. So what what ends it's up happening? We'll just language. finish that you whole know, deal. I'm really old, guys. Yeah, yeah. And that's what maybe it was. Uh, we'll finish that whole deal with you know what happens. Like you said, is as they're trying to figure out what's going on. Oh man, you know where are we going to find this anti monitor? He could be anywhere in the multiverse. You do end up having Sinestro, Cheetah, and Grodd show up and basically say Sinestro, saying you're on my home field right now. You know this whole place is fear. I'm oh, taking yeah. you out now. And the the big thing is, and it was a pretty cool setup for tension wise was you had already set up that John was protecting the rest of them. If anything goes wrong in the Santa matter universe, John is the only one who's going to be able to protect them. When they say, you know, Oh man, you better attack Sinestro. He says, I can't, or else you guys can get destroyed because of the antimatter, and then they end up just leaving. It looks like the uh, world. It's such a weird like, idea for me, though. That they're really pushing that antimatter matter thing because obviously matter cannot be in contact with antimatter. Yeah. But Sinestro was banished to the antimatter universe without a ring. It's where he wouldn't build his yellow ring. So I'm like, he was yeah. fine for a long time. I don't know why you're really pushing this whole aspect. Well, what happened when they showed up? They said to him when he got to the antimatter universe, they said, "Hey." You're not a Green Lantern anymore. And he said, does it matter? And then they figured he was antimatter. They didn't attack America. That was how it worked out originally. Didn't you Where, know that? The That's awful. Now. There you go. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But in you this, need to he basically. have something there to make he, me think that was a joke. Uh, how about. <laughs> oh, man. That didn't matter. Was that antimatter? 
you end up no. though with that. That's why you can make John not attack, and he ends up yeah. going. Uh, in my mind, though, when make he this says, whole scene not matter is what you're saying. When 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 the world forger yells, though, not matter. Says, you know, if he succeeds, you'll all be destroyed by antimatter. We can't win here. Uh, you know, that's what John says. And he says, agreed. We live to fight another day. It actually, in my mind, doesn't look like at first I thought that he was teleporting the Just League out. It looks like he's teleporting the Legion of Doom out because the ones that seem to be kind of getting sketchy over there are Cheetah and Sinestro. So we'll have to see what went on there. It does look a little odd, but it might be that they're making like a bubble of going and that's remaining. I don't Everybody's know. Everybody's but- leaving. Yeah, well, in, the, in while that's all going on, you do have Shane and Starman and uh, Jaro. They're talking about trying to, and it, to me, it's, it's just a weird force scene. And it, yeah, and it's kind of like, hey, let's kind of look into things and try to get a hold of the other pieces oh, no. of totality. Doom. And now, now we're all we're once again bringing up something that to me is a little shady in my mind. The idea that Starman's going to get a, a hold of the other parts of the totality never was really Throughout explained time. well. I, I still me. don't understand Will Payton's like source of power, how he's connected to the yeah. totality, and if he goes through like different parts of time I, I, with I his mind, I can barely tell you what the totality him. is. I, I, I can rarely, you know, I really flying through the goddamn really source. Put, uh, yeah, I can't really put my finger on it. So when he Perpetuous says that, in there somewhere, I kind of have to go with that. Uh, yeah, so you end up where he's trying to contact that. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He's using Shane as almost like a lightning rod of, you know, belief. Or, you know, possibilities of what he said before. It's almost like a divining rod kind of thing of of melding them. Again, I can't explain it very well. And so what they do see is that we're all doomed, that everything's going to fall apart. But we already kind of seen the scene a couple times. It's all doomed. Yeah. yeah, it seems like he said that six times. He, he's the man who cries doom this in is here. Our, this is our quota for Will and freaking Shane this yeah. entire issue and Jaro because yep. apparently they're they're a part of the Just League. That's what we have to have. And him. it's weird. That scene doesn't seem to matter that At much, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> then you get you end up with the big deal where you did have Lex and Martian Manhunter. Lex is telling, you know, Martian Manhunter about this base. He's telling him about the fact that pretty much, you know, I'm giving everybody in the world, I got Amanda Waller's, you know, brain downloaded, which gave me the opportunity to find out where all these evil villains are. I I like that. I like the idea that it was that, though I don't think just her brain would have told all that. There would be more than that. But they're using She's that. She's very info. smart. She's on the ball. Yeah. She, she's got an eidetic memory like Batgirl. Uh, you end up, and we haven't heard that in a while. We end up getting Thankfully. where that's where he says, that's where we got the blueprint of who to offer these things to. But those other things, at surface level, that's just to get things rolling I'm even looking and get at this the world kind of going. I don't, I don't know who these people are. That one might know, be Magpie. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it is probably Magpie. Uh, so you end up with that. But in the meantime, you know, he's saying to Marsha Manhunter, the big thing, though, is you, you and me. You know, you think that you can save me. Well, I want to tell you, we can do this together. You don't have to save me. Just become with me and we'll, we'll you know, control the universe. And, and again, Lex never is one of those guys. Perpetua is a wild card and a real wild card because we don't know much about her. But Lex is one of those where he does seem to always think he's doing the right thing. And a lot of times it's one of those, if you squint a little and look at it, he might be doing the right thing. He even says about the idea of, you know, Superman and stuff like that. But he thinks that the Justice League is nonsense. Yeah, this is the potential. This is, you know, I can go above this alien thing with Superman. I've now seen better. 
The thing is, though, you point out that idea again that we don't know much about Perpetua. And Lex says, who I was talking to her when I was incubating. Oh, my. We had such the conversation. If you could only talk to her, you'd see what I'm talking about. Why can't we see him talk to her? Why don't we get to see how good a plan she has or how bad, good, and different she is? We never get to see her. So it's and it's not something that seems to be left aside as a twist. It's just not being done because I think that Tyne and Snyder, they realize or think that everybody loves Lex. So Lex is the point of view deal. I need to see the big bed. I need to see this plan because then when Martian Manhunter does say, Lex, you're crazy. This isn't you. I don't know that because I, I haven't seen what she said, though. I like when he says, listen to me. The scientist turned the zealot. That's an awesome line. That is a really good line of Lex even realizing, boy, I'm a little out of character here with what I'm saying, but it's because I believe in it so much. But boy, he's over the top. How you like them? Yeah, so so the whole thing ends pretty much with Martian Manhunter awfully being absorbed into (laughs) Lex Luthor to become- And now he is the apex predator. He is the combination of Earth, you know, human and Martian I really thought that he already was from this whole freaking regeneration that he had after killing himself. And I still think that he is. I just think this is getting the other green Martian off the table so nobody else could have like an apex predator moment. Because he doesn't look any different from what he did before except for he he freaking takes off his shower curtain cloak look, which I really like because now we have a a Really reveal. emaciated white freaking Lex who looks yeah, like he a needs goddamn a Imaginex toy I have. Yeah, he, he doesn't look good. And, and yeah, no, at that awful. point, you have everything kind of coming oh, together. You have the, the World Forger getting them. Good yeah, job, you have the World Forger getting them out of the antimatter universe while Starman yells that they're doomed, while Lex, you know, pretty much absorbs Martian Manhunter and tells Martian Manhunter in that you're going to lose your money. You know, you're not going to be you. I'm, I'm absorbing your power and all that. I do think obviously there's going to be a way for that to be reverted. Kendra does wake up. The last thing John does is wake up Kendra so that she can try to save him. She can't. Lex has already, you know, taken that into account. She's trying to, but she says pretty much, I will make sure that I, how does Kendra get out of this now? Because she's in a force field and he's talking about, I think think that the front door is open. I think that force field is just around him and Martian Manhunter. I think she can turn around and go up those stairs and get the hell out but the the art's wonky you can't really tell but yeah the the big reveal this should be up until now and going forward the year of the villain this page should be the biggest page we are seeing lex's next phase of all of this doom justice war year of the villain all this stuff come to fruition in this apex predator lex and it looks like shit it looks yep. terrible. It, it's not a good panel. It's a, a cliffhanger page that I just turned the page and I'm like, that looks terrible. Ew. Like, this is the thing that if you have a, a month to work on, you better work 28 days on this pick and then, you know, let the other stuff slide, which it seemed Stop he did anyway. To work. Because Javi Fernandez's art in this has gone back down to what I didn't like about it from pretty much everything he's done before. Green arrow and you have Daniel Semperi, Daniel Semperi or Semperi, he jumps Semper. on in his couple pages are really good i think some pair would have that ampersand and that does not uh, but yeah yeah you end up having those pages look great just like bruno redondo's last last issue and i said in my review you can't have these couple pages with a backup artist look better than the main pages so the hobby should be so. the backup artist doing the freaking star yeah. bits 
Yeah, and he's he's got more work coming down the line. They announced a couple things at San Diego Comic-Con. Aww. So I don't get it. I do not like his art. And I know that he has fans that claim that he's one of the better artists. I don't know. Maybe they can't see her. They need glasses. It's not for me. Um, yeah, but overall, I gave this an eight on the site. I'm actually going down because reading it again and really sitting and thinking about it when I wasn't deadline Donnie at quarter of 12, Eric, <laughs> I realized that there's not as much here as what I thought. I really took this as, boy, this is really showing Lex Luthor as being the badass that he is. It is still badass. He absorbs Martian Manhunter and all that. But by the end, I'm left with a lot of questions that are questions from issues ago. I don't think they're going to be resolved just because they pop up again. In fact, I think they pop up because they think they've been resolved. And also the Justice League did nothing. And I understand they're going to have this anti-matter or anti-monitor is going to be a little harder to get than the monitor. But that doesn't mean you make a wild goose chase where you go to the anti-matter universe for nothing. And so, yeah, I'm going to go down all the way to a seven. Uh, It's not horrible. It's just it's kind of getting me a little wary. Of what's going on. I had been high on this book for the last bunch of issues, pretty much since we went to the sixth dimension. I actually thought of it as a book that was, you know, getting my imagination going and really thinking. I'll also reveal that I thought and made a theory about Shane two weeks ago that pretty much was shot down privately, Eric. And that got me upset too since then. Still, though, I will point out that I still think, though, that Shane is still now the only remaining green Martian DNA around, even though he was from Where's the Miss Martian? dimension. Oh, yeah, she's white. She's white yeah, Martian. Yeah, she's white Martian. I even, I even said that in my review. Yeah. I said, don't give me your Miss Martian. She's white Martian. So if you're, we're, if we're going to need green Martian DNA, Shane is there for us. Malifolac, uh, I got still you. comes in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what would you give this? <laughs> I'd end up giving this issue a 6.5 out of 10 because talking to you, I was at a 7 where it started, but talking yeah. to you has actually brought me down a bit because I'm not a fan of the art except for the, you know, the Semper parts with Will Payton and stuff, like, you know, Jaro and stuff. Semper. <laughs> but the thing is, with the whole thing, I was excited going in because we have Apex Predator, Lax, Martian Manor, and the majority of this issue, though, is just the catch-up of everything that we've been dealing with for the idea of what the Apex Predator is, what the Legionnaire's been doing, what we want to do with Perpetua, and the Justice League did nothing. It was a big letdown for the no. Antimatter universe, which was the yeah, highlight I mean, in my mind going into this. You, you really can say that the Justice League part didn't matter. <laughs> Eric, yeah, right? Is that what you're saying? It did not. <laughs> but yeah, there and you even go. The We're reveal of on. Apex Predator oh. Lex once he got rid of the cloak. I liked the cloak look. I thought he looked like a badass. He takes that off though. He's just a goddamn emaciated white dude. I'm like, I don't need this. Yeah, yeah, really. He he looked like me, Eric, an oh, emaciated he, he, white he liked dude. The, he liked the green and purple skin suits. Do <laughs> yeah, you, Lex? Awesome. I do. Right. He, well, he took off the hoodie, so it can't be me. Right, no, no. I'm I'm out there mowing the lawn with the hoodie you? on. It's 110 degrees. Everything's about you're an me. Idiot. Everything's about me, and I am an idiot. But we're going to go off now to a book that we might get a little upset about as well. All right, and that book is the Batman. Eric, Batman has made it. He, I think that Batman has made it back to the beginning Nonsense. of the podcast for the first time. You didn't want it to be. You ended up wanting it to be the Teen Titans, is what you told me. And I said, no, I think that Batman deserves here because it's going to be one of those where I want to have some fun by the end. And maybe we'll have fun here with Batman number 75, Eric. Do you think that we'll have fun with this? No. No. Because you're just going to start, you're gonna, I have you're going to get off on a in. tangent and you're going to make yourself angry <laughs> and to start yelling. I have you locked in, Erica, saying no. All right. <sighs> 
Batman number 75, written by Tom King, art by Tony S. Daniel, Mitch Gerards, Tomei Moray, and Clayton Cowles. Tom King starts a City of Bane story with no setup whatsoever and somehow writes a character he created out of character. Yep, the lines of fandom have been drawn, and it seems if you are a Tom King fan, you sometimes or somehow still likes this utter crap. Ding! But if you are a Chuck Dixon person, you do not. A Chuck Dixon person. Chuck Dixon doesn't like this issue, Eric. He's a Chuck I, Dixon person. I, do, I, I don't do think why we got to be a Chuck I don't Dixon necessarily, person. I don't necessarily like Chuck Dixon either for a lot of his views. Plus, we had to deal with that freaking Bane conquest over and over. I, I had enough of that. But it did make me laugh that he didn't like this issue. For myself, I'm trying to patiently wait until I no longer have to talk about a Batman book that is intent on proving over and over again that Batman is terrible at being Batman. Eric, and this Batman is just awful. He's been awful this whole time. And I did see a couple There's things. There's a Batman I, you know, in this? Well, I, not just this. I'm talking the entire run. And I don't know if oh. you realize this, Eric, but I, I do like to peruse message boards. I know that we're doing the whole thing as we do in most of the things. We just talked about just like we brought things up from 10 issues ago. So there. Uh, I go through message boards uh, occasionally, Eric, you know, kind of throwing we're it out the there. message boards, are we? And uh, no. <laughs> so what uh, I ended up seeing was uh, I think it was on Newsarama that somebody had said because it was something about Tom King and how the city of Bane was going to end a certain way or something. And this one guy gets on. He's like, I, I might be the only Tom King fan, but I can't wait because by issue number 95 it's all going to be revealed that he had the plan everybody's jumping on him like buddy it's ending at 85 and then somebody got on and said to this guy i don't necessarily hate the way tom king writes but i don't like his batman because batman is a loser he loses in everything in his own book he can't get anything right he's always getting defeated he's always on the wrong end of the stick and then this guy said what i told you is going to drive me nuts he said yeah, but don't you Fuck think by the last issue, oh. he's going to turn that around? And then the guy said something, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because he spelled it out way better than I ever could, where he said, you know, 84 issues of being a sad sack and, uh, and awful doesn't help one issue. You still have that no. taste in your mouth from the whole thing. So you're starting off the city of Bane. You ended up finishing off that last issue where it did look like finally – Maybe Batman came through. Maybe he. Are you typing? All I hear is typing no. going on. I hear typing what do you going hear typing? on. I'm not even on. touching nothing. I heard typing. Maybe something's being knocked around in, in your neck of the woods, but something is making noise. Uh, so we ended up having the name pit. You ended up having, you know, I don't know if you realize this, a folktale. A Russian folktale that we only got three other times in this run. And yeah. you had Thomas Wayne fighting Bruce Wayne after finding out that Bruce took the Martha corpse and buried it somewhere where he can't be found. And, uh, you know, that pretty much ruined Thomas's plan of a happy family, which it obviously seems like that wasn't the plan anyway. Um, <laughs> what is but the they end up fighting. <laughs> the whole yeah, thing that we deal with this whole thing, I'm just like, what happened to Thomas Wayne's plan? Because everything yeah. in this book, that's the worst part of the whole thing. There is no setup to what we're dealing with. Yeah. So it ended with uh, a gloved yeah. hand coming out of the pit with leaving either Thomas or Bruce behind with this, you know, dying guy from Ra's al Ghul. Uh, so, you know, we all thought it was Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne. I because I, I actually thought finally we're going to get something. And it, and it seemed like the time where, OK, 
you're going to get Thomas Wayne. Now he's out of the story. We'll never get anything with him again. That's not the case. It does seem as if it was a Thomas Wayne who came out. That still doesn't set up this issue. Now, Maybe. what Tom King does, well, what Tom King does a lot, and I, I even were ta- I was talking theories to you. I don't really want to go on full theories until we kind of get into this, but the, the idea that Tom King usually has to explain his issues post-issue, either through Twitter or other you know, uh, interviews, has driven a lot of people insane. A lot of people get fresh croupy. Boop, they have mentioned this. He did this again because this issue has no setup. And one of the big things that people, including myself, said with this is like, why isn't anybody reacting? Yes, uh, Superman is kind of mentioned. The Justice League is kind of hinted at. But where is the rest of Gotham's infrastructure? Where's, you know, we see Harvey. But where's everybody else? Where are the police officers? Where's the, Bat where's, family? the, where's the Bat family? Where's the National Guard? Where's the Army, the Marines, the Air Force? Why isn't my son Zach right now in Gotham? Because this is a hostile takeover of a major city. And all I can think of in my mind, it would be like, you know, Osama bin Laden taking over New York City. It would be or oh just some serial killer is more like it. You know, you end up having Jeffrey Dahmer show up and, and take over New York City. They're not just going to let this go. There is going to be a point and there's never going to be a point where they just kind of say, okay, because at the end, Bane hints at almost having the city as hostages. There is a hint at a wall possibly being built around it. Now we're just doing no man's land. That's all this ends up being. Well, he even says like he's asking about the government and things like that. But what this is in my mind, we've had 70 issues of a nightfall redo. Now, now he wants to, he knows it's coming to an end. He's got to throw in a no man's land. You know, we've already had no man's land or just the Dark Knight Rises movie where Bane takes over Gotham and blows all the bridges. Well, and this is the thing at the San Diego Comic Con, he was talking. Somebody asked him a question. Hey, why did you choose Bane and whatever? And he said, and, and I think it was telling about this is the idea is like, well, the thing I knew about Bane was from him being in two of the worst Batman movies. So that's the main thing he knows about Bane. So when he has this, this so is I heard the him Dark Knight Rises. He didn't really know much about Bane, and somebody told him about him. Like, wow, well, that that's guy's what great. I think I he was hinting him. at later. That's what I'm saying. I think that what he was doing that filled in the blank before somebody told him about Nightfall and about the you know history of him in comics. All he kind of knew about was he was this movie guy that is a, you know in bad movies. This is like you said, it's Dark Knight Rises. It's No Man's Land. In this issue, I just want to point out right away, when you have Batman, he's going up the mountain. He's, you know, climbing those snowy stairs. And you the have Himalayan the story. Mountains, a little bit that we have Bruce yes. Wayne here. You have the story. Once there was a farmer who's lost his horse. That's lifted straight from the movie Charlie Wilson's War. That, that's another mm-hmm. thing that he's lifted. And I think that he gets away with it by putting it in quotes here. Even though it turns around that it seems like this Himalayan thug, he, he just must have seen the movie. He wants to quote it. Those Himalayan and, street toughs. Yeah, the street toughs from the Himalayas. You don't want to mess with them. Um, so when you go into this, the thing, that it, the thing that it reminds me of the most, because there's no setup and you're throwing him with the wow moment that he does well, usually. He loves these wow moments. And this is what is only needed for his fans to blow their lid, is that you have – you know, Gotham City being run by Bane, Hugo Strange as a commissioner. But as we first start, you end up seeing the Riddler and Joker working together as detectives for the GCPD. Okay, that makes no sense that that it's people are mad. But 
if it's revealed later Tales that they're being the controlled by the, if they're being trained or are being controlled by the psycho pirate as they do with Two Face, that's fine. I am one of those, and I've seen this mentioned, and I'm right with them. I can't see Joker being controlled. I think that Joker is, is one step ahead and beyond because of that whole idea of him and the multiverse, you know, all that things that you never know what they're playing with. I don't think Psycho Pirate can control the Joker per se. That's just me. But this is just, it, it's just wow moments because it hasn't I'm been telling you, set it, it just up. seems so dark multiverse and just Elseworld yeah. for the idea that everything's flip-flopped here. All our bad guys are the good yeah. guys of this whole thing. Almost like an Earth 3 situation where, you yeah. know, the villains are the heroes. And, but and it's funny. what we get out of this, it's yeah. such a weird thing because I have to think that, you know, the ventriloquist, Wesker here, is being controlled by Psycho Pirate like everybody yeah. else. We seem to think that yep. he's been going around saying, you love the Bane, you love this city, you're going to do yeah, all this stuff. Yeah, you love this city. But we saw in I Am Suicide that Wesker can't be controlled by can't be Psycho controlled Pirate. Can't be controlled by the Psycho Pirate. Because Scarface be. controls him. That's why I think that basically he's not being controlled. And that's why at that point it's like, boy, Wesker, what are you doing? You could have the whole world yourself. I think that that's the kind of the key of that. Though I can't trust Tom King on things like this. You do start out with later. People want to know how much later. Also, you even said, I saw people saying, oh, this is dark multiverse. This isn't really happening. The problem is at the end, it has the offer in it. It's which the offer. It off. yeah. But the offer also, to me, throws off this later. You're having the offers going now where pretty much I would say in this Justice League book, now you can retro kind of fit this as saying the past Batman issues were pulled backwards. So the later is during the offer, because now that Lex is the apex predator that we have going on forward, we do have some more offers going. But most of these offers have already happened. We're going to go to the next stages of them, things like that. So I think that throws the timeline off a little bit as well. The big thing, though, is the lack of setup. And if people are saying, well, you have to give them time, you have to give them that you know, patience there. I've tried before. No, I don't. I, I've tried I've to get patient for before. three years. Heroes in Crisis started out as this crazy mystery of the puddlers and things like that. And then by the end, it just changed to be a dupe. So I, I can't trust things like this. We ended up, me and Eric tried to, you know, take into account this whole setup of I Am Suicide with, you know, oh my God, you have Even this the guy doing riddles. that. Oh yeah. man, the yeah. Joker versus the Riddler. We were told more about it than actually saw in that whole yeah. thing. And what, the things you we were told end up were getting. nonsense. Yeah. And what ends up happening is by the end of the story, you get an exposition dump to tell you everything. I do think that at this point, I think it'd be a smart thing to do. I don't even think think Tom King's going to do it. No, I'm saying I I think by the end he'll have like just, you know, Bane just sitting there yelling about his plan. Uh, I do think that we're going to be revealed that this Thomas Wayne is not from Flashpoint. I think it's going to be the dark multiverse Flashpoint. I think that that's going to tie into he was brought over here by the Batman who laughs. And that's how he'll get out of all that nonsense of, hey, how can he come from a, you know, non-existent timeline, things like that. I think that's the retrofitted deal. I do I wish that, that would be the case. I just don't think he's smart enough to do well, that. And here's try the to thing. Make this just make sense, the even idea, though it never does. Just the idea that we're having the tales from the dark multiverse coming out and you're having big moments, the death of Superman, Nightfall and things like that. I think that that is kind of going to be the MO for a lot of these things. And I think that if he does do that, it will get him out of a lot of things because it will make more sense. It really I will. I, I know think the that, thing is he doesn't do things that make sense because no, he doesn't know. know anything about but him. He just hears about him and runs like, uh, even yeah. with this, we have Dr. Double X is killed by Two-Face here, but his other version, the reason he killed him is because there was two Dr. X's, but yeah. Dr. Double X's other version is an energy construct thing yeah. that would go away if he died. I want, so yeah. I want everybody to make think of that. Sense. Yeah, people who are praising this idea of Dr. Double X being great, 
he messes up. Dr. Double X is not two people. Dr. Double X is a person with an energy construct attached. If Dr. Double X dies, that construct disappears. He has totally fucked up the character, which again, any character that ends up joining into a Tom King book gets messed up somehow. This is basic research. This is basically something that you can look up very easily and find out, and he doesn't. So it ends up being two guys dead just to tie into a prop to get you to get Two-Face. He messed up. He completely messed up. So right there, there's one check. Again, it's kind of neat to see, you know, Riddler working with Joker, with Hugo Strange as commissioner, and then he lights the signal, and Thomas Wayne shows up, and all of this going on. Before we go on, I also want to know, are we ever going to find out what Tim Drake did after getting slapped? Are we going to find out why nobody remembered things? When, you know, Batman said all this stuff happened and Alfred didn't remember and no Batgirl didn't remember. And then he went to Arkham and it looked pristine. And now we have this. And I think that this story, the way it's set up, this would have been what I wanted from the nightmares where Batman was in a coma and he ended up seeing a Gotham taken over by Thomas Wayne, where they're not fully He's not even going with the points that I think he wants to go here. I think that what he wants to show you is that a brutal Thomas Wayne makes Gotham a safer place in an awful way. It's a very cliched thing. We've seen it many times before. I think that's what he's playing with, but he never really gets that far with it because he's too concerned with the wow moments of showing you everybody around Gotham being different. But this is what we got in that gift story where Booster Gold makes that other timeline and we get, hey, Tim Drake, he's working in the, you know, his deal on the computer. And then you have, you know, Jason Todd, he's selling tires and nothing came from that. I'm afraid that nothing's going to come from these moments of, you know, Riddler and Joker. I really hope that nothing comes from this as well, just the idea, because we had no setup to get us to this whole Bane, City of Bane kind of thing. But the idea that we have here with all these characters all working together, these villains, Thomas Wayne for the most part, and like they would all then know about the Batcave. We have the ventriloquist acting as Alfred in the Batcave and stuff like this. In this issue, we have Dr. Double X dead. We have uh, Amygdala's arm cut off by Gotham Girl. And as far as I'm concerned, we had Two-Face dead. And if not dead, he is going to have one fucking eye for the rest of eternity for what happens in the single issue. So I hope none of this happens. And I I just – I don't know. I ain't no rocket surgeon and I ain't no brain scientist, but when you sever the connection between two sides of a brain, that doesn't mean that you get rid of split personalities here. And that means <laughs> you're dead. A fucking, you're a, a vegetable. Blade of in the eye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He ends up throwing a batarang into Two Face's one eye that somehow surgically separates his brain. Please. I, I mean, really, if you're going to force something, do it a little more than, you know, try to work at it a little. Like I said, you end up having Bruce Wayne only in it as he's walking up this mountainside to try to get to his sensei, trying to get to the memory of the mountain. The memory uh, of the mountain. And it all. And here we go. This is my theory. I know that it's going to bite me in the ass. It is because when I try to think that something's right, being make this spelled story. out here. Write a story that make any I of this think, work. Yes. And what I think is something in the name pit, possibly Batman got killed. Possibly he got killed, thrown into the name pit with that guy from, you know, that ninja. He came back. He doesn't have all his memories yet. He's trying desperately to get back his memories. He's going to the memory of the mountain. He's going up there. And that's why, because when he gets there, 
the Himalayan street toughs who look like they may be 17. The one guy the just 17th. has <laughs> yeah, the, the one guy has a tire iron. The other guy just turns around. What? When is Batman not going to be just destroyed by anybody? And these guys are goofballs. By they, teenagers. They're complete goofball teenagers. It looks like that pretty much take them down. I hope that it's because he doesn't have his memories. But again, Rick Grayson seems to be doing well without his memories, right? He, he should have some of that the guy's you know, not muscle memories, memory. But he's going to this Himalayan mountain where he knows his sensei was, it and he knows like about Catwoman and his first time meeting. Maybe he remembers a couple meeting. things. Like, that would be the most important things that he remembers. I don't know what they're playing with. That's all I can think. But you do have Batman being called. You know, you have a murder. And again, I think it's supposed to be that, man, we haven't had a murder in six years. Two faces done a murder. The problem is Tom King will not set a time frame. He is afraid to set a time frame because he knows that it'll be bullshit. So he has later at the beginning. And then the idea of there being a murderer here in our minds, in my mind, this city of Bane's been there for a week, two weeks, right? I don't get the idea. It's been there for months, years. And so it's later. I need to be spelled out more because it does seem like what a murder in my city after all this time. I don't know how much time, but he's like, we better call the girl. It ends up being Gotham girl who shows up. And you said that he's already messed up double X. Now he has created Gotham girl, Gotham girl in issue five was almost then on the verge of losing her life because if she uses just her like powers Gotham too was much, he fought the she Justice League die. and died because of it. Gotham fought the Justice League and died. Gotham Girl has been fighting since. We saw her fight in the Year of the Monster Men or Night of the Monster Men. We've seen her the fight. Monster Men was just Flash uh, and Batman and the price. The cost. We are the price. I the keep price. calling it the cost. But yeah, he fought them. So when she is the alluded is to, right. yeah, she ended up, it's alluded to that she fought off Superman already. Yep. He has talked to Justice Entertainment League. Weekly and said that she has fought off the military and the Justice League. Why, why isn't she dead? Why isn't there a mention in this? Why isn't there something that brings people up to back. speed? Yeah, and but where is it up to speed? And that's another time frame issue. Uh, but yeah, wh- where is it where they're like, listen, Gotham girl, you better watch out about your powers because they kill you. I think that he wants you to forget about that because that's not going to play well into a story until he needs it to. Because maybe it will by the end. Remember, again, he also said that Gotham Girl would kill Batman. It's yep. going to be Thomas Wayne Duke. now. It's going to be Thomas Wayne. He's She's going to kill Thomas Wayne. That's the out. He had he fucked it well, up he all this something. time. He set this up to <laughs> do that. It doesn't make sense so, to get Thomas so Wayne I'm here, but this you, is what's going to happen. When that happened before and she said that, it was a wink-wink, Eric. She didn't want to tell us <laughs> everything, but I guarantee you it's Thomas Wayne now. So she comes I, in. I don't even think it'll be resolved. I don't well, think that'll she happen shows up because it's and, too clever. And and she shows up again. She was in the back cave in a tube in the back to tank. Back to tank. You know, with yeah. Luke Skywalker. When yeah. y- you know, you had Thomas Wayne show up, conk Batman in the head. He ended up going through the nightmares. So we can say that that's how she's on board. But in that right. story that Joshua Williamson did, she seemed to, at the end of that, be like, I want to be good. I don't want to do this anymore. My brother keeps dying. I mean, you. I keep being, yeah. I keep, yeah, they were going to help. So again, she has to be again controlled by psycho pirates. So you're dipping into that well again. And he's not, Tom King really doesn't dip in the well that much, right? Hell yeah. And then so you're doing that, but we don't Hell know. Yeah. 
we have going? no idea. Was she, you know, converted back again on a boat or in an alley? I have no idea. I think both. But yeah, so or maybe she just went just with it. She's wondering. crazy now. Yeah, but she's. It seems like she's crazy now from Psycho Pirate, and it's the crazy love now, not the crazy scared she was before. Again, though, if you want to get people on board with this Gotham girl, if you want to kind of give a little background, because the one page that was the page of contention with a Chuck Dixon, where you had Batgirl really going off. And I mean, really, there hasn't been many uh, pages with that Awful. many word bubbles. It's a fucking and Brian I said Michael at Bendis one point, goddamn dialogue. I said, Tom King with dialogue is, the, I don't know if he like saw Bendis and thought that was cool and went with it. But Man, the kids really like this Bendis ago, guy. Yeah, 15 issues ago, our complaint was that his dialogue consisted of uh, grunt, uh, pow, bang, when he was fighting KG Beast. So there was no dialogue. Now it's over dialogue and it's very Bendis-esque. And I do think that Tom King is very influenced by Twitter, his fans messaging him, and even people who don't like him. But he's also just he's he's controlled or he's influenced by the zeitgeist of what's going on in comics. And that's what really gets me. I know he's an award-winning guy. He should have more confidence. He should have a style. His style flip-flops all the time, kind of with whatever is trending and whatever's going. And that's what bothers me the most. In this issue, he becomes Brian Michael Bendis' dialogue. And it's really off. It seems really odd. It does not fit the character or his run so far in my mind. But yeah, she comes and she's like, hey, you know, that's a big butt, big butt. Ha ha. I'm a sidekick. Kick. Punch. So it's on like top me of doing fighting the military, Justice League, and Superman at this point, on top of already doing it before when she was fighting Gotham off is with them. But yeah. all this sort of stuff, now she's fighting Solomon Grundy and Amygdala yeah. with and all amygdala, those powers. Two heavy hitters. And two yeah. heavy hitters that are spelled out. In, I, do you like the idea that Thomas Wayne sits there and thinks, okay, you had this, you know, this murder going on. It looked like a heavy hitter must have been involved because Two-Face wouldn't be able to take down Double X. Has to be a heavy hitter. So what you do with heavy hitters is you get the seismic readings from Gotham because they really walk heavy. That is nonsense. That is complete and utter nonsense. I mean, I'm telling you. Next thing you know, he's God. going to Jim Warner's house. No, thank God. My my buddy Big Bob that I worked with, who was 600 pounds, luckily he didn't live in Gotham. Batman would have shown up right now (laughs) at the nearest Denny's and would have went to town. All he wanted was a ham over Miami, whatever those things are. That's all he wanted. (laughs) He wanted to go to Australia before he died, Eric. He was a grand slam breakfast. I can imagine that he ends up showing up at the Chinese buffet. It's my fat ass and my two sons. All of a sudden, they're like, hey. Were you here on a Monday? And I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. They just start killing me. I'm dead. That's why Gotham Girl can survive because I, I'm not that tough. I'm not compared to her. Yeah, so all this is going on. They end up going and they do find Two-Face. He's there. The two, you know, it, it looks okay. I do like yeah. the beginnings of the talk. I even like the I idea do like that the redesign of Gotham to Girl's head. costume to make it look more like, like a Robin too, costume like a Robin. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I do like I, I like when Two Face puts the gun up to his head and says, "Listen, I, I'll kill Harvey." Back off, or Harvey like will that. get it. <laughs> but then it goes with the Joker told me a story about the false Batman. How once in this? a church, once in a church, that was like three weeks ago. Once in a church, Joker held a gun to his own head and uh, tr- threatened to pull the trigger, and that was a threat. And he got the false Batman to do whatever he wanted. If I remember right, the false Batman got knocked out. 
he really didn't have a lot to do with that Joker at that point. That's when Catwoman came down. I just want to know why we're calling Joker's the throat. false Batman the actual yeah. Batman and not yeah. this guy here who's Again, actually taken over Gotham who's love, not Batman. Uh, I guess it's this love deal, but that's the problem. Like, that's- do you want to face him? You want to face his wrath? Just go ahead. I'm like, but he's the false yeah. Batman. You're talking shade on him. What's the big deal? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. and he was a child. Yeah, it's just, but the idea that the Joker so got him to do anything idea. with that, he got knocked out. There was an explosion. Batman was unconscious most of that time while the Joker just talked nonsense while he was with a sliced throat, shouldn't be able to talk much, and talked all night with, with Catwoman, trying to convince her that a bad, you know, a happy Batman's a bad Batman. It's a little kind of revisionist history here. I didn't like it. I actually thought that that was, you know, calling back. I even saw there was a tweet that somebody tweeted out that you're now calling back to things. And we said this before. This is one of those things where I said people are getting mad for the wrong reasons. This is where... He, he just keeps referencing his own run over and over again to try to make you think it was important and try to make you think it was always a plan. You know, I can write a story and then, you know, fudge things later as well. But, yeah, I do like while he's doing this, though, he's saying this, Harvey's got the gun to his face. You see a amygdala in the background. He's picking up his hand. He, he looks like he's on, you know, the Normandy Beach, uh, you know, on D-Day. He's picking up his hand behind him. And so they're they're going through all this. But like you said, there's too much stuff going on that – how are you going to get out of, right? Because then yeah. you have Two-Face have his you know, head severed. You end up having Batman going to find what I believe is his memories. He ends up with the Himalayan street thugs, never mess with them. They end up knocking him over the head and slicing his throat and then mentioning Magpie in a, you know, a call out there, a name drop as they leave. Whatever. And somehow we don't really know, know though, what's going have, on and Catwoman knows he's there. We have Magpie mentioned here by these Himalayan street toughs who seems like Magpie is working for Bane, though. But I'm like, yeah. what is the connection? And How they're working for Magpie, it going? seems. And then, exactly. And then know. Catwoman just comes to the goddamn memory of the mountain, too. Oh, there's Bruce Wayne. Thank God. Oh, I'm there like, he is. What is happening? Yeah, and uh, it was on the boat. I'm like, really? You got a lot of other fish to fry right here, buddy. Uh, don't worry about that. You, your throat's sliced, but, uh, you know, really joker's throat was sliced in the church he talked for seven hours but he's there and and tom king has come out and he said in an interview listen all will be revealed at issue 80 the idea what? of if it was in the boat or the alley that's all he said he didn't that all didn't to him is know that. About that you son of nobody a bitch. does that this is not a it's a gag what this is is the original continuity it was on a boat See, frank miller made it in an alley there you go. That's all it was. That's the joke. The joke is a convoluted continuity with the character. This isn't anything meaningful. You're yelling again. This isn't anything crazy. This was a joke that at the time, just like I said, the antimatter universe, I thought that was rather clever myself. But at the time when they did all that, be the revealed first time. Whether or not the antimatter well, the does time, matter. Though, the first time that it was said, Maybe one of the most clever things Tom King has done in his run. Then he did it again and again and again. He's now Dave Attell. He has one routine that he's telling the worldwide. You don't need that. The worst thing with a joke is retelling it over and over again. It's as if it doesn't matter then, Eric. I couldn't get to the drum quick. But yeah, so and hell yeah, that was funny. The first I'd say 150 times, right? These jokes just keep 
being used. I don't need them. You then have Psycho Pirate. He has the mask. Also, you have uh, Thomas Wayne go back after taking care of Two-Face, sending him off to be reconditioned by Psycho Pirate. He goes back. There's Wesker in the Batcave as Alfred. He does go up and have dinner with Alfred. Alfred obviously is not mind-controlled. Alfred thinks he is there as a hostage, so none of the Bat family attack. I can go with that. I wish it was spelled out better. Uh, I just want to know why Thomas Wayne was playing before any of this shit happened. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he, and again, I can make the guess that they said, if you play along, we'll spare him. But we don't know that. Everything is fill in the blanks. And that's where Thomas Wayne's like, don't worry, you know, that, that's stupid Bruce Wayne. I hate his guts, even though I was going to the ends of the earth to get our family back. And I really thought I loved him, but nah, not anymore. And, you know, you have Bruce or uh, Alfred say, when Bruce gets back, he's going to kill you. People are like, man, that was a badass comment. Mm, whatever. And then you have Psycho Pirate. I'm trying to get through this quick now. I've had enough, Eric. Psycho Pirate ends up putting on the mask, telling Two-Face, uh, you're going to love everything about Bane, you the city of Bane, all Bane that. And Gotham. He's got a severed brain. What does he know? Look at him. Uh, and it is the Two-Face persona. Yeah, really. And so you end up then where you stop at this point. It's an anniversary issue. It's issue 75. Quite an anniversary. Eric. And you go up. Now oh we're going to get the offer. Now, is, All is right, it the me? offer and Batman, is it, what's it going to be? Only, yeah, is it only me that thinks that the, the offer in every other book has been two pages at most? Yeah, it's right at the end. This has to be 12 pages. Why does this have to be the pretentious 12 pages? It's Mitch Gerard's on art. So it's like, oh, man, these offers, two and pages. Not I'm telling you, that Mitch, whole you thing, when, when we get Mitch Gerard's on this whole thing for the offer, I'm like, what happened? Because I thought Riley Rossmo went on for the way the art yeah, looks in this whole I, thing. I'm telling you, he is so well-loved. He is so well-loved. During Mr. Miracle, I would often say that the, the story drove me nuts. Again, I'll also say some couple people tweeted that they now realize that Mr. Miracle was nonsense. Uh, oh. Eric. Um, but maybe it was me. Eric. I'm starting a grassroots pro, you know, thing now protest. No, but so you have, have to Mitch shove something in your eyes. Every your split and, personalities and I, here. I, yeah, really. I, I did like Mitch Gerard's art a lot in Mr. Miracle. I, that was one of the saving graces for me because I didn't really like the story. Um, but I did like the art here. I don't know that it's because I don't like the art, but it is a really drastic change. It really throws you off, especially I because like anything you end up- in the cityscape besides for the characters themselves. If we get into the city and the rain and the stuff like that, the light reflecting off the rain and stuff like that, I think that looks good. But whenever you put a character in there, I don't like it mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, so you have, you see GCPD, you end up with, uh, you know, Joker and Riddler at their desks, they're having fun, you end up with the I Am God uh, deal that was from Mr. Miracle, so you throw me off, you have that little mug there that that was part of Mr. Miracle. Also, if you want to get really mad, if you are a Tom King fan, you might enjoy this. If you aren't, you might get infuriated because behind all of them are all those Tom King covers that he draws at cons of Batman on people's issues. They're hanging up on the wall. They, you know, Joker and Riddler are huge fans. Then you get a Harvey Bullock that's only there for, you know, a wow moment where he's a human, you know, a freaking dartboard. Then you go off and it goes through City State. Like you said, it's pretty cool. You have GCPD yeah. and it says to protect and serve. The protect is it crossed out. I don't know what 
what to serve means that it's that crazy. But man. then you have a billboard. To They've been serve, doing man. things so much. Yeah, really. It's a cookbook, <laughs> Eric. No, no. It's the, yeah, you end up having Gotham Girls watching Are You Behaving? So obviously setting up the idea that has been well into this city because that's also seems to be a Wayne Enterprises at least funded deal there whatever you have a little Bane thing on the corner as well but yeah you have this you know drone going working overtime for that as they're talking you then see that Professor Pig is part of the GCPD you have one of the craziest looking Zazzes he looks like he is trying to be one of the worst chippendales the zazz thing looks like he misplaced himself he was next on the staging area for bang bang bart i thought even though he looks horrible but man also because of the shadow of him taking his you know his policeman's hat off for some reason it looks like he's one of them guys with just the sides of his hair and it's all just like you know bald down the middle look at it's like boy you wouldn't even use that old man guy (laughs) he looks terrible yeah, Professor Pig's out there. He's going around. He's licking people and slicing them up, even though no hey, murders happening in town. He seems to be a detective. There's Hush. He's back from Hush that pocket universe. He's a detective. Yeah, you know, Killer Moth and Firefly, they look like they are uh, firefighters. Fire department, you know? yeah. Again, yeah, that's Dr. kind Phosphorus of a... Dr. Phosphorus of Police Officers. This is, this is starting Croc. to remind me of the gift again as it goes through, but it's just going through. They're just wild moments, but as this is going on, you're getting this, you Amygdalin know, this narration between... Amygdala and Solomon be on the right page now. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you still have no arm there for Amygdala, so, you know, that's sticking. Uh, You do go with the idea, though, that Lex is talking to Bane throughout all this. The problem is, is this year of the villain and what we just had with Lex as the apex predator and everything that's been led up to this has been Lex is the big bad. Lex is supposed to be pretty much one or two of the big bads in the entire universe. Not in the Batman book, obviously, but Don't in the Leviathan universe. That. He goes well, yeah, well, he goes well beyond. And Leviathan is another thing altogether. But when Lex shows up, he's the one in control of the situation. He's the one giving out the orders. He's the one offering the offer. Through this, Tom King writes Lex as if he's afraid of Bane. If maybe he thinks Bane is a little more, you know, in charge of this and he needs to watch his P's and Q's. We just saw in Justice League that these offers pretty much are nonsense to Lex. He just needed Martian Manhunter was the real thing while everybody else does their offers and kind of rips apart the world and the the doom deal. But in this, he, he calls Bane sir during the things and it was totally off to me. And I didn't see a lot of people talking about this. It really threw it off for well, me Bane's when you have these That's offers. How you have to well, them. you have these offers. Yeah, you have these offers though that are supposed to be Bane coming in and saying, listen, I'm giving you this opportunity. If you don't like it, then go F yourself. But in this, it's like, I know, sir, I know you've accomplished a lot, but don't you want more? It basically is, is seems to me as if Lex is tiptoeing around like, hey, I know you're you're really down with this Gotham, but you're so good. Why don't you want to control the universe? Because you could be one of the best guys ever. You know, I don't want you to be as good as me. He even pulls it back at that one point. Like, I'm not saying, you know, you'd be as crazy as want to take over myself, but boy, you, you're one of the best and you've done all this. And boy, I, I want to offer you something. But while this is going on, again, this is hardly an offer. What this is, is showing up and finding out Bane's demands in my mind. He shows up and Bane's like, listen, this is what you're going to do. You're going to get your government. You're going to back off. You're going to make me a wall and you're going to get the hell out of my face. 
what what government is Lex involved with? He committed suicide and is you know really dissolved all his corporation. He's well above a government. He's well above the earth. He wants to control everything. But by the end, it just ends up. And then with him saying at the end, I see, I see all right, sir. All can be doubted. All but Bane. Go fuck yourself. You, you have a Lex that's supposed to be the biggest thing, and Tom King can't even do that. He has to make it that he's pretty much in my mind to get credit. He's the cuckold. You know, Bane's just going to do what he wants, and, and Lex has to sit back and watch and hope it matches up with what he has to do. It, it just is ridiculous to me. It's really, if you ended up having at the end, there's a little script, Doctor. Okay, you tell me if this makes more sense or at least intrigues you a little more. You have what ends up at the end saying, earlier because you had later at the beginning and earlier you had Lex go and say to Bane, Hey Bane, you always want to defeat this Batman. I know that you want to do it yourself. I know you've had this plan, but boy, I can set it on a different path with what I have you know, I can do. And then Bane just like, I'm listening. And now we can get intrigued. Like maybe all the stuff we're seeing is a multiversal thing that Lex helped out with. Maybe this is something that is a little more than just a psycho pirate, that this was a little late. But I don't think Tom King wants Bane to ever have any help because he's got to be the bad of no, all bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that it would have been way better served that maybe we're intrigued to think that some of this stuff going on was with tech or was with some, you know, like I said, some multiple. Maybe he was able to do this because he had already gotten the offer and this is what he wanted was Gotham. And that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. At the end, you get an earlier where the yeah, offer yeah, yeah. was before all this, and it was what allowed him to get that last bit that allowed him to – he was going to take over you know, Gotham anyway, but it let him take over in this way where everybody remembers different because Lex now is not just like I'm saying tech. He's beyond that now. He's be- with Perpetua and everything else going on with him. You can play around with some multiverse stuff. You can play around with a lot of cool things that would then be worked out. And then if you want Bane, which he does want Bane to be the big bad, you find out at the end that Bane was duping Lex all along. So now you actually have Bane higher. It elevated more in my mind that he was able to dupe not just Batman, but Lex as well. I think that would have been really good and really intriguing, really set up, maybe going. Because a lot of times in these issues, what you do have, and again, Tom King doesn't follow normal rules of writing. That was, it, People like it. It drives us nuts. But usually in an issue, and I think that you'd agree, where you have something so whacked out like this beginning with you know Joker and Riddler and the GCPD, the whole thing changed around, the, you know, the wacko deal. The reveal cliffhanger is what hints at what, what might be happening. What, you know, you get a little bit of an inkling of what is happening. This is just nothing. And you end up, and I'm afraid we're going to go. Well, it's just a big wild issues moment to start with, out with no explanation. And I just think that we're going to need yeah. a somnus satellite to erase everybody's minds about everything they should know from, you know, Thomas Wayne Batman being there, Bane and everybody else knowing about yeah. the Batcave and stuff like that. So it just seems and, that all yeah. the knowledge of Batman, all his secrets are out there in the open for all of the villains to know at this point. I'm like, we got to go back and retcon a lot of things yeah, to you make have it that. right again. I mean, and and when you go back to some of his other stories, we always bring up the Kadeem. He always forces things, and then it doesn't matter. You can't enter or leave Kadeem. Uh, you know, penalty, you'll be in jail, and then it never happened. One of the things that gets me that like this, like you're saying at the end, it has to revert back, is the whole idea of when everyone loves Ivy. Where is any ramifications of the world 
what happened during that. You know what I mean? We've never seen anything from that when the whole world was controlled by Ivy and then nothing comes about. And where I think that where I say that I can't trust him was the big thing in, in Ivy was you had to have Ivy really concentrate on that plane. Because when things go wrong and the whole connection shut down, that one plane might crash while the whole rest of the world would have died anyway. There would have, but he never thinks things through. So by the end, the villains knowing where everything is and all that, I don't think he cares and I don't think it'll be resolved. Plus, everybody gets in the Batcave nowadays, right? That's, that's yeah. what happens. Uh, also, I will say, but there's not a little bit on the side too. Wayne Manor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know what a little aside is as well now that I'm thinking about it too is the idea of what I said in Justice League where we have seen, you know, we've been told Bane is in charge. Bane's done this. Bane's done that. Bane hasn't done shit in so long. You know, he did beat up Batman a couple issues ago, but when it comes to the plans and things like that, we're always just seeing everything else. Yeah, really. It seems like now he's back to the classic. What happened to that? I thought he was more comfortable nude. Is what I was told, but hey, I guess when you're you know running Gotham, you, you got to be presentable. Uh, but yeah, uh, the art is one thing I like a lot of the art, I like some I of like the pages. most of the art until uh, Mitch Garage I comes don't on. Like, I don't like Tony S. Daniels, uh, Joker in this. I think that he looks whacked out, I think that his face is too thin, and really, when this goes on, I think Thomas Wayne looks too thin, and it's one of those this isn't an insult. I think that Tony S. Daniels may have been rushed a little with this issue than normal. It still looks great. Tony Daniels always looks great. His art's always superb. Superb. Uh, But this, there is some things that are a little off. There's some backgrounds. Like I said, at the one point when you had Amygdala picking up his arm, it it was real basic. He usually doesn't do that. He usually has everything in the panel is really well detailed, really well laid out. And I thought that there were panels here where you can tell there were big moments. You have to make those real good. But then some of the things, I'm even just looking where you ended up having Hugo Strange on the rooftop where he's checking Two-Face and then says he's going to be upset and that panel is way off uh like you said and then when mitch garage goes off it is a it, it's a jarring change for me and and the whole thing lasted too long the offers just you don't need that but tom king had to set up that nobody's going to offer anything to bane i thought that was a little pretentious of him to do that in what had been pretty much seemed to be a set routine with these offers but what would you give it I didn't give this a five out of 10 because I really enjoyed the first half of the art, you know, dealing like besides when Mitch Garrard's comes on, I'll take it. Bane looks good at the end, but besides that, everything else, yeah, you know, any character there, I don't like what he does for this whole thing, but there is some wow factors. There's things in this that intrigue me. I just know that yeah. it's never going to come of it because I know Tom King's running at this point and there was no setup to get us here in the first place. So even though we have these big wow things, Mike, and the idea that he killed Dr. Double X, cut off freaking amygdala's arm and even severed fucking, you know, yeah. this, the eye of Two-Face, Mike, you are dealing with some more altering shit to this goddamn continuity. You better stick yeah. with it or just don't fucking say, hey, it was all a dream. It's just all very odd to me because I know the guy can't stick a landing. He can't set shit up and it doesn't really matter because he'll just say he did it later on when they go and recap the issue. You said he doesn't exactly matter? Yeah, I agree. Five out of ten. Uh, the other th- – <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I'm at a five out of 10 as well. And uh, this is the thing. This is the thing that drives me nuts. This is where he's been criticized before. And even stuff like the Mr. Miracle, there weren't too many people criticizing, but you know, there were some criticism. This happened in heroes in crisis. It happens in a lot of his books. And I don't know why he does it. He ends up starting a story. There's no setup. 
Then he gets crap for the setup. And if we knew exactly what issue he's working on at that right moment, right there, you know, then that like issue four of this arc, all of a sudden he'll give us that flashback of a setup. It's too late then. You need the setup at the beginning. Don't play these games because it is up. He even says there'll be times when people will say on Twitter, man, I don't understand how this set up. I don't know. Oh, I promise I'll explain it later. And then four issues later, he'll finally get back to it. But like I said, the damage is done. The needle and the damage done, baby. You have first impressions. I, I don't know if you realize this. You only get one time to do that. So I'm already driven nuts. And then you get back to it. And he does it all the time because he seems to react. He's a reactionary writer. And I, I just wish for his own sake, he would just tune everything out and tell a story. He ends up just throwing these things out. And I swear, half the times it's just for the wow factor to get praise and to be kind of a smoke and mirrors thing. I don't know. I don't know. The guy wins awards. He's got loyal fans, though. Batman's sales are down freaking the lowest that they've been in nine years. But, hey, you know, he does have loyal fans. And, and they're, they hate us for it, it seems. But that's the way it goes, Eric. But that's it for the first section of books. And uh, hopefully now we're going to have some fun while we go off to uh, some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, let's hear. It's Mail with Jim, and if you want to be part of the mail, you mail us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com, just like Manship. And isn't Manship, Manship always the star of the show? He just sends in Maybe. notes, and I throw them in his mail because they <laughs> yeah. make me laugh. Manship, Manship starts with a quote. No one cares about convergence. Well, he says, I care about convergence more than any other storyline Tell Eric that I hope Telos kills his favorite hero for saying that. But what if Telos (laughs) is his favorite hero, Eric? What if that's the case? He's still chilling on the asteroid. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. He's just hanging loose. And that is from Manship, who's probably sorting through his Frisbees as we speak. The next mail is from Trigger on Deceased yet? I don't know. He hasn't said anything to me about that. Hopefully he has. And instead, he's going back and getting a dark side special. What, Dark Side War special? I'm I'm sure that they sit there and they're having meetings and like, hey, we had this year of the villain coming out. Do you think that we could kind of repurpose Forever Evil and trick somebody into getting that again? And they, they just end up, they, they have a slideshow. Click, there's Manship's picture. They I'm all start laughing unlo- and they send you it to print. back out, an under, uh, Underworld Unleashed reprint and says the offer on it because it was Neuron going around <laughs> and offering people things, he would yeah. buy that. He's in. And so did I. It was a fun story. Yeah. But it has nothing yeah, to do you, with the offer. It's just kind of a repeat did, of what happened in the 90s. You did like that. No, what it is is you end up there like the offer special. Manship eats it up. He buys it. He doesn't even look at it. What it is is special offers to get 10% discounts on all the oh subscriptions my. of the That's books. Just good and savings. he just goes, Yeah, 10%. <laughs> he ends up getting that. He's like, This is hardly a great offer, but it's still an offer. I'm in. 
And then at the end, it's like what they give you an offer too is if you actually say at least once a month you like convergence, they'll send you a nickel. And, and by now, right. manship is rich. How do you think he got so rich? He, he's pushing Working convergence. Non-stop. That's how. Yeah, he uh, does work a lot. He does. <laughs> and then he cools off, Eric. He works hard. He plays harder. You know oh what I'm my. saying. <laughs> He's I there do. at the steel mill. I'm intrigued. He's going at it, yes. Dalton is next. Uh, thank you, Manship. And Dalton says, what's happening, fellas? I just finished up, last Dalton? week's podcast. When I heard Eric getting excited about taking Friday off because there weren't many books, I said, not on my watch, and decided to send you some ramblings about my <laughs> thoughts on the state of things at the old DC Comics. And I, I want to hear from Dalton because he's come back to the fold. I haven't heard much from him, though. You know, he's kind of come back. He's kind of laying loose. And maybe this is his whole deal. He doesn't, get, he doesn't want to get that fired up, uh, you know, like that. But he's He's laying loose. I'd be curious to know oh, what happened. I hear with you Jeff have a Jones. day off, not on my watch. Yeah, really. Then, then he comes out. Same with me, really. I'd be curious to know what happened with Jeff Johns at the main offices. He has made president around the launch of Rebirth, which seemed to be something he was spearheading. To me, I really enjoyed Rebirth. So did I. It's what got me into collecting, and it seemed like Rebirth had a fairly positive reception. It did. I was really excited for Doomsday. I mean, really, like I said, and I said it for a while. Rebirth was a apology to some people and a promise to others. And I think that that is a really, you know, that should be on a billboard, Eric. But, you know, it ended up kind of going downhill then. Eh, nobody, I guess. Bane, he has that Gotham girl. That's right. Freaking thing. I was really excited for Doomsday Clock and where it was going to all lead. So were we. And then Jeff Johns steps down as president. Yes. Doomsday Clock is hit with nonstop delays. And I mean, it's beyond ridiculous now. It was beyond ridiculous before, but even today in the news, another delay. It's crazy. When did that come uh, out? The, like in December 2017? It, well, it was supposed to come out. This next issue was supposed to come out in May. After all the delays, it was supposed to come out in May, and now it's coming out in September. The importance of Doomsday Clock has been diminished. And in comes Scott Snyder with metal to reshape the direction of the universe in books. And now Shazam is getting the delay treatment. No word on when we may or may not get the three Jokers. It just seems like something went down behind closed doors and John's, John's became a pariah. To me, is hands down the best writer DC has in the payroll. I think we you agree. both agree. And it's like they're trying to edge him out. Now, what I said, and says that now Scott Snyder seems to have creative control of the universe, and that is true. What I said... I think it's twofold with these delays with Doomsday Clock. I talked about this a little on the new show on Patreon is the idea that it ended up being delayed because of creative problems. You know, either Jeff Johns wanted to change things or the art was falling behind. Gary Frank pretty much stepped up right away and said, hey, listen, my art's falling behind. I didn't realize that all these panels were going to take so much. And he was giving a lot of effort to each panel. He was not repeating panels. It really was one of these layouts that took a lot of time. Because of the time that it was taking, then things started happening where now you've got a delay and now you have a delay because of the delay. Because like we said about Justice League on uh, Odyssey, when that was first going to come out, it was delayed a little. Then continuity changed a little. Things started changing. I do think that Jeff Johns now, not just art delays, but now because it's been delayed and what we were told of DC changing some things, he's going to have to change things. And I think what originally was that the DC Universe books were going to catch up to the Doomsday Clock that was laid out. Now it has to finish 
kind of tying into the books that are going on now. I think there was a reverse now and he's having problems because of the delays and what's happening. I mean, all of a sudden you get Leviathan, then you get year of the villain. You have all these things being thrown out there during the delays that are major changes or major storylines. And I do think that something has been changed along the way. Me and you are still hoping that it does have some impact by the end. So do I. Yeah. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure anymore, Uh, especially because at one point they were even saying, listen. He's getting pushed back going to the new year. It's being pushed back. But even at one point, Dan DiDio came out and said, listen, we'd love to announce a Legion of Superheroes book, but we can't do that till the end of Doomsday Clock. Well, they've kind of pushed that aside and pretty much have announced it. While it still may come out afterwards, they're still announcing some things that before was what they were off limits. You had the Batman and the Outsiders book that at one point it seemed Jeff Johns didn't want to have out because of what he was doing that was just let out i think that a lot of things are changing and that's causing more delays on top of the other delays and speaking of scott snyder i'm over him that sounds sexy eric i really enjoyed court of the owls and it made me excited for metal hell yeah but i just like this idea it sounds sexy like your ex-girlfriend i'm over you oh yeah baby i want you too over him right he's over him i didn't care of it's like he's a like in those movies he's a vampire he's on the ceiling eric don't they do that the vampires nowadays the sparkly vampire I didn't care for no justice. And now we have this perpetual story that I just don't care for either. And all these vague comments about doom, whatever the hell that means. Someone in the get fresh doom. Boop, 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 called boop, Scott boop. Snyder, Grant Morrison light. And it's really a perfect description. I'm not a Grant Morrison fan in the slightest, but for some reason Snyder has become the golden child of DC and I just don't get it. I'm telling you, one of the reasons is he hits deadlines. And unfortunately, that yeah. seems to be a very major thing. Uh, there was something else that came out that somebody said in the Slack where Dan Didier or somebody, there was it might even been Marvel, but somebody came out and they were asked, why does this person, why are they getting so many books? And pretty much the response was because they hit the deadline. And that's what we saw. James Robinson ended up getting his run of Wonder Woman extended because he hit a deadline. The book stunk. It was terrible, but it didn't matter. He hits a deadline. That's also why I think Steve Orlando, it, it gets a lot of work and it is exclusive at DC. He hits a deadline. That's more important, I think, to them than actual storytelling. They, When the story goes out, I think that's all said and done. You know what I mean? They don't care about what's in the book as long as the book goes out and they can get it to sell. That's it. Now, we're here. If you want to protest, you don't buy it if it sucks. There you go. I've also been disappointed with Bendis like you guys. I did like Man of Steel in the first couple issues of Superman Action Comics. But now the Leviathan deal is just a joke that has been going on for far too long uh, for how little we've got. I was excited for Young Justice and is yet to impress me. Same with me and you. And it don't it's not that me I, either. It does impress me, as wrong term would say. I, I'm not hating it, but I'm not liking it. I'm just, it's kind of there. I don't understand why Bendis is getting to write so many books. You know why? He hits deadlines and he can do a lot of books. He he's a one man, he's a one man wrecking crew. That's the thing is, he's a one man wrecking crew. He has all these books he's putting out that tell nothing. Yeah. And that's that's his deal. I think that he You're not gonna worry the, about a story when you don't have one. He's a genius. He realizes that they don't care about that. I would venture to say that. Do you think Dan DeDeal legitimately reads every issue that comes out? Because I don't think he does. He may read number ones. He may check in on things. I don't think he reads Young Justice number six. And so when it comes I'm out, not, all I'm not able to speculate on what Dan DeDeal may or I, I may not do, I would doubt that he does. I've never heard him mention any sort of storylines. He's always there at the beginning saying, I asked to I've have never heard vision him not over mention here. Either. Yeah, no, I, I have heard him not mention when they ask about things and he just says, 
I think that it's Vision over here at DC Comics. He always says the same things. Now he's upset that reprints sell more than regular books. Uh, he just, I don't think that he's that in tune. We ended up talking to some people who were, you know, in the PR department. And I know one that wasn't reading anything. I know another that was reading everything. So I think that there is one of those that some people are a little more into it. Some people aren't. And I just don't think that he's a guy who just sits around all day and reads comics. He just cares about that they're selling. And, And yeah, you can have a book that, oh man, this book is so great. They don't care if it's not selling, it's gone. If it's a piece of crap, it sells because of the name on it. And it'll just keep going and they'll get more books. I'm waiting for DC to just rebrand as Bendis Comics. And boy, it, yeah, it, it's one of those. If you don't like Bendis, we call really, it if wonder. you don't like Bendis and Scott Snyder, you're done. I mean, almost every, you have the big major event going on is Bendis. You have all the super, you know, Superman action comics. You have him, Young Justice. You have everything else he's controlling. He's coming out with a Legion of Superheroes book. He has Naomi. He has all these books. It's just crazy. I can't wait for Tom King to get off Batman. Jim pointed out that King can't write his own books and, and just always falls back to <laughs> quoting some obscure literature like I should be impressed at how well read he is. It seems like the only person that Tom King truly impresses is himself. I, I actually think that he doesn't that's one of his problems and maybe he just keeps writing batman's back broken because he keeps thinking about how bad his back hurts from bending over and blowing himself all the time oh my <laughs> now that's sexy eric every time i see those quotation marks no, signaling another section of straight out copy paste material which again i pointed out that's what he did again in this issue i skip right past and don't read that book is an instant fuck you five as far as who is to take over batman after king leaves i'd like to see tom taylor take the book today at san diego oh, yeah. comic con he announced fully that he is not doing it. That's 100% right on the money. He said he is not doing that. Breaking my heart, he Tom is Taylor. my second favorite writer. And I'd like to see what he can do with The Dark Knight. We both wanted him to be on it. And one more thing. I've had enough with, if all the, with all the forces that Joshua Williamson likes to play with, but not explain in The Flash. And that's something that we are upset with as well. And you're mentioning the guy who I do think after 100 will take over Batman. I do think that you have Joshua Williamson on Batman. He will end his 100-issue run of Flash and then jump over to Batman. I've noticed, and I don't know, maybe he'll do better. Some of the non-Flash and books And start he's done his 100-issue run on Batman, huh? Well, he's already, he's already uh, delaying the Batman Superman. And yes, it would be a little odd to have him on Batman Superman and Batman. But hey, it is odd to have an it's action like comic and Superman with Bendis. Superman. Yeah, it's odd, but they do it. I noticed that Williamson is not the strongest writer. The Flash hasn't been awful, but it hasn't been great. And that's just a shame. And he did stuff like Nailbiter and things like that that were really good. And I think that those are the stories. I don't know. I don't find him as maybe a, uh, you know, capes and cowls type of guy, tights, whatever they say. Maybe that's not his forte. Maybe he needs a little something different. Uh, and maybe it would be like a uh, an animal man or a swamp thing. Maybe those would be, you know, up his alley. I suppose that's all I have. I really have no idea what the game plan is for DC. And uh, that's actually the thing that's depressing me the most. I told Eric is you know, this whole time that we've been doing the website and the podcast we end up reading you know almost all the books we end up talking about them all the time even when we're not recording and usually i have a grip 
on the books, at least what's coming out, what the future kind of deal is when it comes to us. You know, I have an idea of, oh, man, that book, that's Eric's book. He's going to review it. Oh, that's a Reggie book, whatever. Right now, that Birds of Prey book was announced. Nobody, we, we haven't even discussed it. We have no idea about some of these books. We don't know what's coming out each week. We used to really have a grip on that. And it just shows in my mind that we're, we're getting a little, you know, run down with the books, not just talking and, you know, going on and on. But the actual whole state of DC has kind of got me down. And I really just can't put a finger on exactly what they're doing right now. And that's never happened before since we've done all this. I suppose that's all. Even with the DCYOU that we were down, we knew what was going on. At least we had a phrase, the story over continuity that we could say uh, that drove you nuts. But at least we had what was their direction. I don't know what the direction is right now. The direction is whatever Bendis wants to do, whatever Snyder wants to do, and everybody fill in the blanks. And it hasn't been like that. I suppose that's all I have. I really have no idea what the game plan is. He said, I miss Rebirth. It was fun. Not every book was great, but they were better than what we have now. I do think that it was more of a solid, you know, universe and all that going on. And everybody seemed to be fired up. That Rebirth didn't just fire, you know, Dalton up or me and you. It seemed to really fire up the writers where some of these writers, you know, you can't say it through the page, but they seem kind of you know, depressed or a little, you know, mailing it in sometimes. I can't even say I have a favorite book right now. It's all just mediocre at best. I guess we'll see how it goes. I'm just done rambling until next time. Dalton, that really helps our game plan, right? You know what I mean? That, That me and you are struggling to figure out things. Craig is next and last. He says, Dear Jim and Eric, I'm eyeing on the podcast, but I was shocked that both DP'd by Comics and Mind Lord are reporting that Weird Science is planning a Jason Todd style listener vote on the future of Eric Shea. What is going on? When he said DP, I thought we were getting double penetrated. I thought so too. I still think that, or at least I hope that. Oh, no. We're having that vote. Really? (laughs) Where do I vote? I forgot all about that. Yeah. Jim, real talk. You know what I miss? I miss reviews of Section 8 and Vigilante when you and Eric would be reduced to tears of laughing trying to review them. What happened to those books, Jim? What happened to the stupid shit? Again, that was stuff like around the DCYOU where it still was kind of fun. Some of these books, they're not stupid fun. They're just stupid. They're stupid, miserable. And that's not fun. I gave that we bitch a hamburger and meth and shit. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> shit, man. I mean, that vigilante shit, was solid boy. gold. And, and <laughs> Section 8, we liked. It was just fun. It yeah. was just funny to do. I'm telling you, last week we got that uh, that two-faced, you know, crystal bitch Gandela. I was laughing at that. I like that. I, I was laughing at that all week. Yeah, we're trying. We're trying to maintain some humor. While DC launching The Last God and as a fan of semi-naked buff men and loincloths grappling evil, mm-hmm, can mm-hmm. we expect an Eric Ghetto segment covering the book? There is no way in God's <laughs> name that Eric's going to touch The Last God. I mean, you are really <laughs> yeah, not. Yeah, I mean, really. Right now will be the last time that he even will acknowledge that that book is in What's existence. The, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's like their version of Conan. It's going to be a black label deal. Yeah, you're out. I mean, there's always, here's the thing. There are a lot of things where there are going to be triggers for Eric to get out. One of them will be black label. He hears black label out. Conan at that DC out. I mean, there's not going to be anything with that book. I think it looks okay. It looks pretty cool. I'll probably do something with it. I'm glad to talk about Nth Metal Man though. Yeah, well, we'll be talking. See, there you go. 
There is the talk that he wants. He wants that talk. I, I thought we had some fun with sideways at, at points. We kind of had some goofy fun with that. We had some fun with uh, silencer and stuff. But yeah, I think the nth metal man. And really, I, I had nothing but a ball talking about the immortal men. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. we talked about that for six issues was nonsense. Caden Park yeah, is the next big is, thing at the DC the other universe. I, I do mention this by the end of the podcast, Craig. And it wasn't, I just read your email here. This is the idea that I said to Eric that we have to get back to kind of dealing with some of the stuff that we didn't like because some people did like hearing us lose our minds. So we'll see. Uh, And he says, in a question, you both win a mediocre three-figure sum on the lottery. I'm assuming neither partner is finding out. How do you mindlessly squander the $600? Boy, really? Like, really? It's $600? Really? It's it's just that little bit more than Unicron that you're throwing out there? I'm really? buying a Unicron. And you know what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm buying one too. And I'm sending it right All to right. you so you can have two Unicrons. And I know I'll bring it over to you. And I'll one say, in planet mode and one in yeah, robot no. mode. I'll say you can play with these. And you're like, there's only one Unicron. They can't play together. And then I'll be <laughs> mad. true. And then I'll hit you over the head with the Unicron. <laughs> That's the thing is, he- I, I will transform it into planet mode. It'll stay in that mode. And then, then when I don't have to go through the thing of playing with it and then stopping the Transformer, which is the worst part of playing with Transformers when you went in to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I saw you yesterday at work. Were you in planet mode? Oh, my, Eric, I got you there. That was the singer. I don't know why I hit the ballpark sound. (laughs) That's Tanya. Tanya at the store. Charge. Tanya ended up seeing a comedy routine with this lady who basically has gone to the comedy routine of my joke where I said that Tanya, where you go somewhere and the cash back is her own personal private ATM where she goes and gets like her medicine and then gets $20 back and just says the, the oh, the medicine was more expensive this month. I don't oh, know, yeah. I just, yeah, that's her personal ATM. Classic. She sent me the, yeah, she sent me this routine. I'm like, that lady stole my routine. And basically, I know you've been doing this for years. All of a sudden, that I start going to get this medicine. And you're stealing my money. Yeah, well, yeah, really. It's her money, too. But still, it, we, I end up going there. and, and Oh, yeah, that's how you know, marriage works. Yeah, really. I wish. I wish it didn't. She ends up like, oh, can you go get my medicine? I'm like, okay. So I'm like, oh, do I have to transfer money? This medicine is always like 40 bucks or something. I go there. She And this is one medicine. It's like 40 bucks. <laughs> So they're like, oh yeah, I'm she here for Tanya Warner. Yeah, and they're here. For, I'm here for Tanya Warner. Oh, uh, we have three, four. I'm like, oh no. Okay, well, I got to see how oh, much no. there. I may have to transfer money. Like, ship, ship, ship. Three dollars and twenty-two cents. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have to transfer money. I'm now transferring my anger at my wife. I'll be right back. And so I went home. And I'm like, yeah, that, that medicine. I'm about to get rested for battery. Yeah, really. Battery. <laughs> I said it's not that expensive. This medicine's real odd. Then she's like. Well, you know, with my my plan that I have through disability, you you end up having a give and take where you get this here (laughs) from that till and you get that. And the other thing I'm like, it's not working. I'm telling you right now on trust. You better get your your helmet on because you're about to go to the moon, Alice, is what I told her. And then just said, seek and destroy. There you go. That's all tied in there. I was very angry at that point. Or I'm like, what did you get at the – oh, the worst was one time. I don't know if I told you this. I think I did where she ended up going to Walmart. And she said she was going to get all this stuff. She ended up getting $100 cash back and forgot it in the machine. She ended up coming home without that. So she wasn't supposed to get that anyway. And then she left in the machine. She goes, I'm going to go back because I know somebody would turn it in. I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. She get out of back. town. They didn't turn it back. And yeah, so we, we were out. So there you go. And then I think she ended up getting money out anyway. And I'm like, that that well, really yeah. to me is well, a she loss. she won 100 bucks. Just, 
Yeah, really, hundred bucks, really make you scream. Isn't that the the deal? All right, no, that's no, the end of the mail. Uh, I don't know what a hundred will do. Holy moly, you're in the champagne oh, lounge right here, there. You'll find out. <laughs> I'm telling you, are we going to go back in the champagne lounge, the fantasy <laughs> suite, if you will? Uh, because I really better get a hundred dollars worth. And just told me. What you bring to the table is not quite a hundred dollars, though you might be a little more inspired with me. At least you're you, gross and ew, and get the yeah, fuck really. away from me. Oh, really? What I was actually saying, you, I wanted you to bring food. I thought we were having a picnic oh. in the champagne lounge, is what I want. But hey, we'll go with that. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the mail. Thanks everybody for mailing in. We're going to go back uh, to the books, which should include me talking that Wonder Woman book probably right about now. Welcome to Sexy Time with the Coffee Hunter. Today, you'll be listening to a scene from The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, from 2018, issue number one. Steve Trevor and Wonder Woman are basking in the afterglow in a station in Antarctica. Steve shares his thoughts with Diana. Diana, I could wake each morning and need nothing more than to gaze into your eyes. I could relive today, alone with you, again and again, and still not get bored. Eternity wouldn't be time enough. So, I cherish what we have. We still have the rest of the night. We're in a cabin in Villa Los Australis. There's no phone, no Wi-Fi. Hell, there's no damn electricity. And we didn't tell a soul we were coming here. So... Ah, yes, here I am without Eric to talk. Wonder Woman, come back to me, number one. It's number one of six. It is written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Art by Chad Harden, Alex Sinclair, and Travis Lanham. I don't have a blurb. I'll just get right into this. This is a collected bit of the Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti story that was in the Walmart 100-page giant books. And a lot of people didn't get a chance to read those. A lot of people don't, they don't like Walmart, so they didn't get those. This is the same thing as the Batman Universe by Brian Michael Bendis and the Up in the Sky book by Tom King. And when these books came out, I did read these two chapters that makes up this issue when it first came out i do have this in the walmart giant and when these books came out they had the idea of pushing these towards younger readers younger kids maybe kids who didn't know who the characters were and get them excited to go off and buy more books in the comic book store. It was one of those trying to expand the deal. And I did mention when I talked about Up in the Sky, the Tom King Superman book, that when that came out for the Walmart stuff, it it threw me off a bit because of the idea they were, again, they were trying to push these as a younger type thing and getting people on board with the hobby. And I thought that that Up in the Sky story was a little dark. I mean, you had little girls being kidnapped, murdered. Uh, You had a lot of stuff like that. So when that came out, I was a little thrown aback. The Batman universe, I did like that a little better in that vein of trying to have these Walmart comics. Now, that one I thought was a little off because you had a lot of guys thrown in 
there, a lot of villains, you know, you had Batman, you had a lot of things, and it didn't feel like it was an introductory type deal. Maybe I'm, you know, that's just me. This book, though, when it came out, I really did like it. I thought, "Mm, you know what, this is kind of an introduction to the character of Wonder Woman. It's more about her character than necessarily exactly what's happening in the book. Now, I'm going to wrap this all around to say now that they're being released as monthly comics to comic stores for all of us, unfortunately, I do think that the Tom King up in the sky, the Brian Michael Bendis Batman universe, that plays off better when it's being released to the comic book stores, when it's being released to people who are used to these characters and used to reading them. And when that happens, this Wonder Woman deal, while I thought it was a good version for the Walmart books, now it's being released to the comic stores, it is a little more basic than those. It is a little more, kind of seems a little more kiddie at points uh, because of that. But it's only because that was the original intent. So now when you have the secondary thing, I think that it does play off a little less of what it was before. I still do like it. And I still do like it as a pretty good Wonder Woman story. It's the start. It's two parts. It's two chapters. And it, it pretty much does kind of divide itself into two stories with the second one kind of going off into issue number two because when you first start you do have I mean it's a little sexy time Wonder Woman and Steve they're on the beach they're making sandwiches I'll tell you I would never eat a sandwich on the beach I, I don't know what is my idea this but it even seems like they're making the sandwiches on the beach they're having a picnic but they're cutting the sandwiches there's too much sand and stuff going on and there's nothing worse than biting into something that you don't expect to have like a grainy sandy thing it'd be disgusting it's one of those things where you know i'll eat stuff that has some crunch to it right but if i eat an omelet and it has an eggshell in it, 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 it'll make me vomit. I throw up. It makes me sick the way that is. So I don't know that I'd be making sandwiches on the beach. Wonder Woman wants a lot of sandwiches. She's famished. There is the joke of, hey, if I go into the, the water, I might get a cramp and you'll have to save me. That goes back and forth with both Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor. And also you get that idea here of the Wonder Woman that doesn't quite get the, you know, the slang of us, you know, of the world, you know, Themyscira didn't have the, uh, the slang yanking my chain. So she's like, Oh, Steve, you're yanking your leg. And you know, it's a little goofy, but in this, what is the setup in this little opening scene? Obviously, besides showing you that Wonder Woman loves Steve and Steve loves Wonder Woman is that Steve's going off to Puerto Rico. He's doing an experimental plane test and he does mention, oh, I'll be fine. Wonder Woman, don't worry about me. You know what? I'm going to have two wingmen people because one's a lady and, uh, you know, they're the best pilots besides me. Ha ha. So let's go. And you end up getting Edda introduced as well. And she's living with Wonder Woman at this moment. Her, her apartment uh, is, is not available. So she is living with Wonder Woman. So now you're going to get in this pretty much, you know, Steve Trevor, Edda and uh, Edda Candy. So that's, you know, giving you Wonder Woman's people in her life. Well, while they're sitting there, Edda turns on the TV and they're watching and there's this huge forest fire going on in Montana. And Edda's like, oh my God, there's all these firefighters. They're trapped. There's all these animals. I, I What are they going to do? There's nothing that anybody can do. And Wonder Woman's like, nah, you're kind of talking to Wonder Woman. I can do something. She flies off to Montana and then goes into this fire 
And what it is, is there's the fire going on. It's closing in on firefighters and animals at the same time. So they're all in this enclosed space. Well, Wonder Woman goes, lands, says to these firefighters, come on, we have to get out of here. Uh, I know the way. There's a way out. We can walk out, but we have to do it fast. The firefighters are saying it's going to be trouble. You know, all, a lot of these guys, they're, they're hurt. They have broken legs. Oh, we can't walk. Can you just fly them out? She's like, there's not enough time. We all have to go now. But what she does then, it goes off to these animals and starts talking to them and saying like, you know, and it's one of those, it's a Chewbacca thing where she goes and says to this bear like, hey, how are you doing, Mr. Bear? I don't know why that's a bear, but oh, oh, okay, yeah. Well, these people here, these two-legged animals going around like this, they need help. I know, you know, usually you don't help them, but they're they're scared. They're hurt just like you. Can we all help each other? There's no reason for us to be upset. They're not here to hurt you. They're trying to help you. That's kind of why they got stuck, all this stuff. So the animals do agree to help out. So you have Wonder Woman and the firefighters come out. Some of the guys are strapped to the bear. You know, you're having all these things and they do seem and there's a deer and things like that. But raccoons, rabbits, they're all running out together. Uh, Just as one of the lady firefighters is sitting there and like, oh, my husband, you know, he's stuck in this fire. I'll never see him again. They come out. And again, Wonder Woman and the animals and save the day. So she goes off. She's got to go off. She's not one to sit there and say, hey, you know, I'm going to get all the applause and accolades. She goes off then to go talk to Etta, go home. But in the meantime, the next morning, you have all these firefighters gathered and they're having, it looks like they're they're having a beer the next morning. You know, that's how they roll up there in Montana. They're drinking, it's, it's morning beer time. They're drinking, it's 5.30 somewhere, maybe 5.30 a.m. But they're there and they're telling the story. You know, the people who are there are telling the story. You, I'm telling you the truth. It was Wonder Woman. She got these animals. They all saved us. Oh man, I think that you suck too much oxygen. That That is a line that goes on and on there. What? What'd you say, Wonder Woman? I think you suck too much oxygen. What? You think Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl? I think you suck too much oxygen. You think Eric Shea should buy that Unicron? You suck too much oxygen. See, it works for everything. She busts in and says, hey, everybody, it's me, Wonder Woman. Hey, where's that drink? I drink in the morning, too. You know, I'm not beyond that. Hey, everybody cheers. And, uh, you know, she has the drink with the people that she saved. She then goes off to talk to Etta, and Etta has bad news. She has uh, news that Steve Trevor and his two other pilots in this experimental test flight They've gone missing. They're, they're actually disappeared. What they did, they disappeared, they say, over the Atlantic. It actually ends up being over the Bermuda Triangle. And that's the end of the first chapter. So she goes off. Her and Etta are going to run, get in the Invisible Jet Classic, and go off to find Steve Trevor. And this next part is part two called The Triangle. And you go back a little to pretty much yesterday to see how this all came about. You have Steve Trevor show up. He meets the people he's going to be flying with. They're out, they're going out in this experimental deal. And it's it's one of those, it's very Top Gun-esque. You know, they have the Lanier, the low energy nuclear reaction engine that they're going to test out. It's a system that will make the pretty much supercharge, uh, you know, these jets going. So that's basically what they're doing. As Steve gets into his plane, hangs up the picture of Wonder Woman there and off they go. You know, they're flying like i said it's very top gun i I think they're gonna buzz the tower any moment they're they're in the bermuda triangle steve's like all right 
Let's check out this linear system. All right, hit it. Boom. He hits the, it's like the nitrous. Boom. He hits it, it, you know, and off they go. But as they're going, there is a storm on the horizon. So they're w- worried about this. And they're like, hey, you know, mission control, whatever. Hey, uh, you know, what's going on with the storm? We see the storm in the in the distance. Can you give us any sort of idea of what's going on with that? Should we come back? Should we avoid it? And at the tower, they're like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, all the skies are clear. There is no storm. Well, what's going on? As they get closer, it's obvious the storm is a little more than just a regular storm. It's like almost like a reverse hurricane included with a lightning storm that also has a tidal wave. I mean, it's badass and it's going on. But as this goes on, the planes then get struck by lightning. And they disappear. So that's where the setup was at the end of that last issue where Wonder Woman and Ed are going off to find Steve. And there's, you know, there's a little bit of Wonder Woman like, oh, how did you know about this mission, what they were doing, all that? And it is like, you know what, that's my job. And I really can't tell you stuff like that. But yeah, they go. And it's really pushed as well. If you want to know about Steve Trevor, you're going to know that he loves Wonder Woman. And also that he's the finest pilot that we have. And that is mentioned by him, by Etta, by everyone. But he's disappeared. They're flying in the invisible jet. And this is the thing. They have, you know, battleships out looking. And there is no wreckage. So Etta even uses that as encouragement to Diana. Says, you know, don't be that upset. There would be wreckage. We would be able to find it. Even though that was a pretty big storm. But they didn't see the storm. So as they're going in the invisible jet... All of a sudden, they see that same storm in the distance. And again, it's almost like an open cyclone, crazy lightning and things like that. Well, since we don't know what happened to Steve, this is a pretty cool way then to see what happened because the storm ends up taking in the invisible jet. It kind of hit the lightning hits. As that hits, though, you Wonder Woman and Etta, they end up ejecting. And then Wonder Woman usually can fly. They're above this open, you know, hurricane. The eye of the storm is right below them. And Ed is like yelling, I thought that you could fly. And she's like, for some reason, I can't right now. Uh, There is a line, too, where Ed is like, what's that below us? A shark? And then Wonder Woman goes, I think it's bigger. A bigger shark? It doesn't look like a shark. It looks like you're going into a hurricane. They end up going and they pretty much free fall into a lagoon. Looks very much like Gilligan's Island, the way it's set up here. Uh, They do crash down. Wonder Woman mentions that the invisible jets seem to crash on the other side of the island. Uh, But in the meantime, there's more fish to fry. And I mean a fish that's a dinosaur-looking fish that ends up going to attack them. And Wonder Woman ends up just socking it right in the face. And as this is, it's one of those things that Jimmy Pomiani and Amanda Connor are doing because Edda's like, you couldn't fly. I hope you have super strength. Oh, my God, she swims away. Wonder Woman does have super strength, at least. She punches this big, giant dinosaur, knocks it down, and then she goes up on the shore with Edda. And that's where she says, I think that the the invisible jet went down on the other side of the island. You know, maybe we should go there now. And Edda is not Wonder Woman. Edda has been through a lot right now. Edda needs to rest. So she's like, can we just kind of find shelter and rest right now? Wonder Woman, again, shows you that she's an outdoorsy type. 
that, you know, the Amazons, they don't just fight. They also make really kick-ass leaf forts is what she's done. And then says, you know, while uh, Themyscira, you know, and the Amazons are really known for our fighting and training with fighting, we also meditate a lot. And, you know, that's part of our deal. It's a little bit heavy-handed here of kind of saying like, Etta, you don't understand. Like, I meditated a lot. Uh, you know, and I, I was outdoors doing this because, you know, you have to train your mind as well. And Edda goes, oh, I get it. It's like taking care of your teeth. I'm like, no, no, Edda, I think you know what she's saying about meditation and stuff like that. And then Diana's like, you might say that. And then Edda goes, well, I wish the rest of the modern world would pay more attention to oral hygiene and mental health and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, that's a little forced, but it's okay. They end up going to sleep. Edda wakes up in the morning. She's, you know, she wakes up. They can't drink here because they're not in Montana. But uh, she's hungry. Wonder Woman's gone off. So you figure Wonder Woman's gone off to find the jet, possibly. But she wakes up. She's hungry. And this crab is just looking at her. They are pretty close to the shore still. So this crab comes up and she's like, oh, you know, hello, Mr. Crab. I think I'm going to eat you. I wonder where my friend went. And the crab talks back and says, oh, the tall, pretty lady. She went in the woods. Uh, what? And Edda's like, I must be dreaming. I could swear you spoke to me. He's like, yeah, I kind of did, but don't eat me, please. I, I don't like that. And just as that happens, Wonder Woman comes from behind and covers Edda's mouth. It's weird that she couldn't have just been seen and come over and like give her the shh or whatever, but she sneaks up behind her and then grabs her and puts her hand over her mouth so she won't scream. And you end up where they're running towards something that Diana's leading him to. And Ed is like, I think that I might be dehydrated. I think that crab was talking to me. And Wonder Woman's like, no, no, no. I don't think that's that. There's some wacky stuff going on. And they turn the corner and you end up seeing Steve's plane. They found it's actually around the neck of what appears to be the great disaster Jaguar. Uh, is what this seems to be. So I, I will tell you, I did not read past this chapter when they came out to the Walmart book. So I don't know what's going on as well as anybody else uh, who hasn't read that. And and because it, it's classic, Great Disaster Jaguar. I mean, it has missiles around its arm as kind of like armbands. It's got the Steve's jet as a big medallion, almost like a Flava Flav clock, but it's the jet. Also has a tank, somehow just there maybe looks like a fanny pack tank maybe it opens up and puts a little thing in the fanny pack tank but yeah they go oh man that's steve's aircraft and it's funny too as they finally turn and go up this thing and see this giant jaguar and i mean it's a huge jaguar they're eating a dinosaur also has like a mammoth you know skeleton on its head as a head thing it also has a triceratops steel and that's what edda says first no way steve's aircraft i'd be like no way a giant jaguar guy that's crazy but yeah they see steve's aircraft obviously we're we're getting a cliffhanger that we're supposed to think that you know steve is dead uh there's only one plane so i wonder what that's all about but we'll see as it goes on uh i will tell you i think that the art by chad harden and this is great the art is great throughout like i said the first story with the fire the you know the forest fire a little basic it is a little basic but it gives you the idea that that's what wonder woman's about wonder woman's about helping everyone and she's going to do it in a way 
that isn't just going in and punching things. She's not going to go in and slice and dice. She went in and solved the solution with her heart and her mind. That's a big thing with Wonder Woman. And then the second one, then you get the adventure. The second chapter is where you get the adventure adventure of like a lost world type island here. Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, You know, I don't know that I necessarily like the idea that she can't fly and because it seems only forced so that she just can't fly above the island, see what's going on and get out of there. So that kind of handicaps her. She has her other power. So I don't know why she wouldn't have flight. Maybe that will be explained later. Uh, They're using it as, in my mind, the wonkiness of this island out of time type deal. Also with talking animals and crabs and things, but it's cool. It's, it's very cool. I like it. I think that if you are looking for a Wonder Woman book that, you know, the G. Willow Wilson run isn't quite getting it there for you. Uh, You want a character of Wonder Woman that feels more like Wonder Woman than G. Willow. She's still struggling with the character. Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. Yes, they're going pretty much to the playbook of Wonder Woman, but it plays off well here. And I, I really, like I said at the beginning, I thought it was a really good way to introduce newer readers to the character you know in a walmart book yeah if you know wonder woman again you might think this is a little too basic a deal but it does pick up by the end the jaguar there that's pretty cool that whole thing picks up but it's worth getting it's also worth getting for if you have and I'm, i'm saying when i say younger readers for this I'm not saying seven-year-olds. I would say that it would be around 13 and up. But if you have somebody who likes comics and, you know, they never read Wonder Woman and you want them to get into that, or even if they don't like comics, if you want to get them into it, you could give this a shot. Get this and, and let them read it. The thing is, too, though, I wish that the price tag wasn't what it was. I wish that they came out with these with the idea like, hey, you know what? We we already made some money with the deal. I'm sure that Walmart getting these exclusives, I'm sure they paid some as well just to get these. And so when when you collect them here, why is it $4.99? That that to me is insane for what this is. These are two really quick chapters, re you know, purposed, published as this. This, in my mind, I wouldn't even go $3.99. I would go $2.99 with these books just to get them in people's hands because that's what you made these for originally anyway. Just because you're now sending them off to the comic store, don't try to gouge people because they've been waiting this long. And and I know that some people went out, and especially that Tom King and Brian Michael Bennis, they would have run right out because they had heard about these you know, for a year now, and now they finally are able to get them worldwide, so they go grab them, but five dollars for this that's insane but i'm not gonna let that skew my score i and i hope i don't upset mark jager because i'm not exactly as high as he is he really liked this and he really looked at this as like this is the wonder woman book i've been waiting for for you know a year now or more thank god i'm not as high on that as as him i'm still gonna give it a seven eight Uh, i really like the art it really sets up an interesting story by the end but you know you're kind of getting there kind of introducing the character and things like that which i know so as a guy who's read a bunch of wonder woman you know not all my life like eric shea but I, i you know it, it tended to be a little bit basic at the beginning, but I still like it. I still recommend you go and try it out. 
But that is it for Wonder Woman. Come back to me, number one. I hope that this is okay for everyone, me talking by myself. I think I kind of got a groove in after a little bit. I just woke up. It's actually, a, you know, as a whole, you know, behind the veil deal. I was up last night until about 3 a.m. doing stuff, uh, recording stuff and editing stuff. So then I went to bed uh, and I figured I'll wake up in the morning and do Wonder Woman because I was planning on doing that last night as well. And I ended up waking up now so hot already and i don't have any coffee so i ended up doing the sans coffee which that doesn't make any sense for me so i'm gonna go get coffee right now i think that ba- i i really now that i'm listening to myself talk to i think i got a very low voice because i just woke up and i got the sexy voice like the mark jager you hear that? I got that that sexy radio voice going on, baby. But yeah, we're going to go off right now to finish up the podcast with Nightwing and Teen Titans. A couple months from now Don't it feel like the issues may never come out Yeah, these delays really make me want to go and shout Who I can DC just do their jobs and fix this I said, yeah, 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 yeah. And waiting is the hardest part Every issue comes out months apart use that song for a real reason because these next two books and the last two books of the night are both yours hello how are you there governor you there from uh, the I'm straits okay. of sussex you are he said it you want to meet pie does you in the face kind of. of the old no, man the jack face. you don't old want jack. that do you <laughs> you want spring the jack? potatoes there you said what you want the shepherd's pie up in the old in and outs, does ya? I'll get you the googlies while you're doing that there. Oh, Eric, I know that it's hot in this room because I'm drinking water. When the hell have you seen oh. me drink water? I, I gave Yesterday. up. I actually could have had. Yeah, well, that was given to me. But uh, when did I actually go out of my way to not? And actually, I'll tell you this. Also, coffee was available. And I didn't grab that, Eric. I needed water. But now I am sweaty so much. I don't know how your sweat is going because you're a sweaty man. But right now after recording all those books and me talking ad nauseum, I actually have the old man hands like when you get out of the bathtub. 
That's how much I'm gross. Sweating. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe I'm just old. I, I don't know. Maybe it might it might be both. Uh, but we have two books left, and we're going to start with what, Eric? We're starting with Nightwing number sixty-two, written by Dan Jurgens with art by Ronan Coquette, Nick Filardi, and and World Design. The era of Rick Grace continues with this issue of Nightwing, and while there's a lot of recap this issue, which has gotten a bit monotonous, there's a lot to enjoy as well. Rick's new costume is coming along, even if it's keeping the grease paint mask, and he's decided that he's not going to repeat the same mistakes as he did in his previous life, and lets the woman he loves in on his heroic, super heroic secrets. Yeah, and that's trouble, right? There, There is trouble. I always point to that as a, a death sentence. I really yeah. think that it is at this point. I don't think I, that I, Beatrice I'm, Bennett's going to make it through like everybody no. else in the Flash books and everywhere uh, else. Yeah, I'll, really. I'll call this out. No, and, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, don't do it. And then I didn't even realize. I just don't like him doing he it. He doesn't remember not doing why it. he doesn't yeah, do really. it. <laughs> He even throws shade at, at Batman and everybody who does that and doesn't let everybody know. Here's the thing. I, I talk to Tom in the Slack a lot. Me and him have a lot of mm-hmm. messages going back about the books when they come out. And he is jumping on a lot of books that he hadn't been reading. He's giving me his opinions. And, he, and I really do like the opinions. They're the opinions of somebody just jumping on. He's not going to go back and read you know, 15 cheated, issues prior. No, he, he just doesn't. So he's just going to go and he's going to tell me if a person jumping on would like a book. I get that perspective. And Nightwing, he loved. This was his favorite issue of the week. And I said to him, that's all fine and good. The problem is, is this whole series pretty much since, you know, Nightwing got shot in the head and going from number 50 till now um, has really been recapped for at least. And and we even had people in the Slack say that, that they want to get into Nightwing. But you spend half the issue of every issue doing recap, recapping him getting shot, recapping him not having his memory, recapping what these Nightwings are doing. And I really thought we were going to get away from that when Dan Juergens came on and the whole thing. We we introduced the villain villain of Burnback and stuff like that he's working with yeah. the other nightwing squad i'm like all right we're gonna get away from this we're gonna evolve the character into who he is now not dwelling on who he was yeah. and why he is the way he is now and it's funny because this is a offer issue yeah and it seems as if dan jurgens may have been told a little more than other people because this really feels like to me and i said this earlier in the week when we had both read it that The Nightwing, it seems as if this is here. He thinks that he needs to give you this recap, not for us, because obviously we know what all this is, but people jumping on to get the offer issue. And I think that he's using this issue as what you usually have a classic crossover type deal where you'll have a crossover to get more people on a book. You'll usually have a more popular book crossing over with less. And yes, you're going to recap a a little. Yeah, yeah, you'll have Batman jump on to like if Teen Titans is doing bad, he'll show up. And in that Teen Titans book, you will want to have recap. You will want to have people who are just going to be there for Batman know what's going on in your book to push you forward so that they buy it from. Because, I mean, really, all this, you could go story, you could talk about all this. It's a money-making proposition. And I do think this Year of the Villain having the offers is an attempt to kind of get away with crossovers without having crossovers. You only have a couple pages in the back, but some people might be getting all these so they can see all the offers. I don't know one person who's doing that. Somebody has to be out there doing it. But there are completionists, though. 
Yeah, there are. So you want to get them into a book, right? You, you show up at night when you've never read it. You want to get on board. Yes, you're getting a background of the book. You're getting a very detailed recap of pretty much since he's been shot on. The thing that makes me laugh or makes me worried because I love Nightwing, I don't want the book to fail, is the idea that you're really pushing the stuff that people have hated since issue 50. So yeah. I don't know why suddenly they're going to like it. Because some most of the people who aren't reading it either aren't Nightwing fans, so they never were. The other half are not reading it because of the bullshit of Rick Grayson. So when they jump on for the offer and pretty much all you're giving them is a recap of him being shot, not having memories, and then going further of, I don't want to be like that stinking Batman. Even the verbiage in this where he doesn't say Barbara, he doesn't say Batgirl, he says that redhead. That butler. The butler like, and the redhead. And, and so if you're going to hate Rick Grayson. That rich boy. You're, you're going to hate him because, you know, it's not just losing memories. It's going to be this Rick Grayson character who a lot of people think is a douchebag. Well, calling Barbara the redhead, even if it makes sense, it, it seems a little douchey. I mean, I don't know if he wants to go get sushi with me and Logan, but he might be able to. And so then the other thing is what we have been interested in since we started, you know, this whole amnesiatic Rick Grayson is the, the other Nightwings, that other Nightwings deal. We like Hutch. We like, you know, all of them. And Sappy even ends, Zach, who seems Zach, to always yeah. end up hurt. But you you end up where you have them in one of the worst positions they've been in in this run where they're just standing around in a hospital room where Zach may or may not have a kidney transplant. We're not sure if the kidney was his, but even so. so he's hurt. They're just standing around. You don't ever get in this issue what we think are the selling points beyond the Rick Grayson because Rick Grayson himself can be a douchebag. The recap pulls us out of the issue every time. But the idea of Rick Grayson helping, the idea of these other guys stepping up to make a Nightwing squad and the individualism of them, a Hutch who was a a guy who ended up getting a guy killed when he was in the police academy and then became a firefighter. You know, you have a Sapienza who took it upon himself to, mentioned a little in here, but I don't think enough, the idea of when Nightwing disappeared and they considered him dead, that he wanted to step up because a Nightwing can do more than the police. He says that. I just wish this issue if you think you have to recap because in my mind you have so many people joining on to get this offer i wish that we would have seen what really makes us enjoy the book i'm not saying we think oh, it's yeah. perfect and, and even with the idea of we like b i like that whole thing but that's such an aside and to push that and to make you know dick grayson pretty much say hey listen i don't remember it but i used to be robin and nightwing it's even odd that whole deal where he says i don't have memories but i should be open with you that seems again he's pushed that side all that aside if he's going to push it aside you know go with the flow of what you are now i understand it though he wants to open up to her it goes like along that. with what he's doing though now where he is springing off to go help yeah. people and that's you know kind of thing, costume though, like like he did yeah. before and why the he thing, does it though, it just seems so forced because they're being watched and, and even when the whole nightwing squad are in you know they're in one spot for the first time in a in long hospital, time yeah. in the hospital talking straight up about things and the drone goes by because the drone is going through here the whole time i want to know you know rick grayson he doesn't have a memory he, he has a scar 
has he lost his vision and hearing because this drone is following him throughout the whole issue. It's clicking and clacking. It's, it's making all sorts mode. of noise. <laughs> and uh, he just doesn't see it. At points, it is just like right there. It, it seems to be 15 feet away in every scene that he's at. This is a guy who, even though he doesn't have his memories, we've seen that he still has his abilities. I, I guess he's deaf and blind now. I, I don't know. I just imagine because- he's gotten really big in the earplugs since he got shot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, really. And, and so what you get also, you have uh, the art and uh, it, it's really funny because Roman Coquette. Now, as I'm reading this and I'm looking at the art, there's certain panels that I'm looking at. I'm like, what, why does Nightwing look like Scott Snyder? And I'm telling you, if you go and look up Scott Snyder and then look at certain panels in this, it's an exact replica. Where Nightwing is taking off it. the grease paint yeah. mask. Yeah. He looks exactly like Scott Snyder out of nowhere. But I think that where you have, I I think that one of the problems that Dan Juergens has here is that he does seem to think that if people are going to jump on with this offer, you have to have a major thing with just Nightwing by himself because he does take out this piece of crap who has stolen that kidney. He does it pretty much by himself, then hands it off to Hutch, but you don't get a lot of, he just says, well, you are an EMT. You can get into the hospital better than me. And I do like that I think that he's alluding to that'll set off the alarms with this metal plate in his head. Uh, but yeah, so he they do that, but that's not what we've liked about this series. You know, where everybody else bailed and we we can't bail. We don't have that opportunity for most things. Uh, that we have enjoyed the Nightwing squad and we like the interaction right. with them, but yet he seems to want to separate well, them here to give you We're- more Nightwing. Well, that's the thing is you have the whole reiteration of who Rick Grayson is and why he is the way he is. But when we actually get the Nightwing squad, when Hutch goes off to meet the rest of the Nightwing crew who like are visiting Zach in the hospital, he thought it was for the kidney. I think that was just a coincidence because it yeah, I think be he was just hurt by burn it's back. It's funny though. Well, that issue, it does they look like they're waiting. Out. It, yeah. It is odd. Yeah. But the Doesn't whole thing it look is, like it's they, almost like a relay race? They're, they're handing off this kidney to get there and then they're just there with Zach, who the guy has so many problems. Uh, kidney damage there. That's the tip of the iceberg for that guy. He's always getting hurt. But yeah, go on. But the thing is, when they're there, they're pretty much just reiterating what we really dealt with the last arc, where they really yeah. like what, you know, the cabbie Nightwing's doing, Rick Grayson. But should, do they have to, tr- can they trust him? Because he seems yeah. to be doing better than they are for this whole thing. And he was just a guy off the streets. So they are getting suspicious about Nightwing or Rick Grayson. And I'm like, okay, so there's a recap about who Rick Grayson yeah. is. And there's a and recap we're recapping with what the Nightwings think yes. about Rick Grayson. And then when we get to Beatrice, we recap again for him to refill yep. her in with who he was yeah, Seems like he he wants people to jump on here. Now, again, when they're talking, when the Nightwing squad are talking in Zach's hospital room, again, they're not even in their Nightwing costumes, which wouldn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that Hutch shows up with it on anyway to be kind of seen (laughs) with them. But even so, instead of this, have them in their lair, have them out doing something so that somebody can say, oh, well, wherever they're going to be, you know, they can hang out wherever, uh, but diner? have them doing something. No, where they end up, you know, getting together in an alleyway to go off. They have to be somewhere because everybody who doesn't like this book has heard that Rick Grayson is a douchebag and not much is going on. You're not getting anything with the Nightwing squad here. They're not even all in uniform. They're not doing their thing. So when you get done, you think, oh, that book's only a bunch of people standing around and, you know, Rick Grayson laying in bed thinking about things. You don't get what has been some of the better things of the run since then. I mean, just not having them in their outfits is ridiculous. 
throughout this whole issue. They, they're not in them. And so, yeah, you have him then tell B, hey, by the way, uh, you know, I used to be Robin. Uh, and then she even says, well, they said, I like that little skirt around. I've heard rumors that Robin became Nightwing, so you must be Nightwing. Oh. Yeah, guilty as charged, baby. And, and, you know, and she's like, well, why do you do it? You know, you shouldn't, da, da, da. And he says, again, this is almost like the, almost a victory lap of a Dick Grayson of, because I can make a difference. This is what I'm good at. Yeah. I, I can save people this way. And these other Nightwings that are getting involved, they're not quite up to speed yet. And I, I don't want them to get hurt either. So I want to save some people. I want to do some things. And then, yeah, then you go and have them reiterate the Nightwing squad. I don't know if well, I trust too, Even if they did get hurt, no matter what, it is kind of Rick Grace's fault because he tried to destroy yeah. all his Nightwing shit. Turns out he destroyed nothing but maybe a motorcycle. So it's like yeah. them finding all the gears. Like, I guess I screwed that up too. I should have destroyed all that stuff. I better keep yeah. make sure that they're safe now that they're doing my job. And I, I like the idea where Zach starts. He's he's the detective here. He's putting things together. And he's like, listen, I think I I think I stumbled on something, guys. I know that we're all detectives for the most part. You know, Hutch, you were trying to be, you're a firefighter, but you're a smart cookie. This guy, he shows up after Nightwing disappears. He kind of looks like Nightwing, about the same height. He knows things like Nightwing does. He acts like Nightwing. He's better than us being Nightwing. I think he's a villain. <laughs> like, well, why didn't you go? The he's Nightwing. Just stop it. He, I think he's a well, reformed going villain who wants to make if, good. If he if he was a hero and he's as good as he is, he should be with the league, as Colleen points out. Yeah, so and that's next, funny. Like, I guess maybe he works on the other side. That's funny because usually the league, you know, seven guys, eight, you know, you usually don't have. I, Nightwing was never part of the Justice League, so I don't know what they're talking there. The Justice League's out and about. They're pretty known. I guess Green Arrow, he must be a reformed villain then. I just thought it was they're going through this and they didn't play it up fully, but I thought that Zach was like really like wait a second and starts going down the things that really makes you like, don't we think this? I mean, really when they find out he's Nightwing, they all are going to feel like the biggest idiots that, that ever lived. Oh, yeah. But I guess that because they assume Nightwing is fully dead, that that's why they wouldn't ever make it. It's kind of one of those things like the idea of Superman with the glasses. You would never right. expect Superman to be near you. So you go with that. I but do. Like it's just whole funny thing, that though, they went through that whole deal. We're not getting enough of, you know, Rick Grayson with the Nightwing squad and everything that they're going to do because he's not a full member like everybody else because he's running around now yeah. in his freaking motorcycle uniform. It looks like in his yeah, grease paint yeah. mask. He is the outsider of the group. So I like the idea that where they are getting suspicious of who he is because of how mysterious he is and talking about his past and who he is. But I do want to get to the point where it is like, okay, kid, you're going to tell us who you, you are. We're going to fight this not. thing out because yeah. – I want to see Nightwing take all these guys out and have well, that realization. Nice. Oh my God. It's just the bastards. idea though. Cause uh, you know, you end up uh, with them at the end kind of going with it. They say saps is the best instincts. And he says, stop it. No chance legit. And always have been. And then it's, oh, yeah, Sapp's best instincts. I'm rolling with him on this one. So I, I think that that was just there to kind of throw it out. Until and then they start seeing aside. Rick hanging out with a talon. Well, yeah, we'll see if that happens. It, it's a weird deal, though, too, is the idea like this is what's really going to test the idea of what he does remember, because we have skirted the issue. When when you did have Barber show up, he kind of remembered some stuff. We even said that at the beginning of this. We thought that he was playing with Alfred where he didn't want to remember some stuff because he was kind of bringing up some things. He recognizes some things and goes, now he's pretty much spelling out that 
two decades. I'm out. I don't know anything yeah. about this. It's He's almost been like, told some things about his life, but he doesn't remember yeah. any of his Batman no, stuff. I'm saying, though, at, at the beginning when Alfred showed up, he kind of seemed like he knew some things, and that was before anybody had ever, really ever talked to him. He had kind of left at that point. It was up in the air. I'm telling you, when, when Alfred was there and left, we even said on the podcast, boy, I think he's playing. I think he's alluding to other things and knowing stuff. Now, I mean, he's like, I don't know this man of bats. Like he is completely wiped. Like he doesn't remember anything before he remembered Barbara's name. Now he calls her the redhead. And uh, so he goes with this. I think it all is so that you can push the idea that the Talon, who is his great grandfather, is going to say, William you know, and William Cobb can just lie and say, yo, what? Nightwing? What are you talking about? It's such a weird idea, though, for everything that we've dealt with since, you know, the Court of Owls and stuff like that. Even the last time we saw William Cobb, I think it was in the Arkham War after Forever Evil and stuff. But the idea for how far removed we are from the Parliament of the Owls, the Court of Owls, and all this, how many times they've been knocked down. Hell, even with the the Batman who laughs, taking care of the rest of the court and killing off all those towns. The idea that the talent here, this William Cobb, like... Yeah, what are you going to bring him into? Because it doesn't seem to be much of a court left, Hell, let alone that, that's anything. What they like, need him. I think you're he's the lone the talent now. Yeah, really. I'm telling you. It's he, just kind the, of a joke every time court. it's brought back because but they I, always I, just uh, get taken out. I do like the idea. And this is where you, Dan Jurgens has something to play with and has something that makes the thing that everybody hates about this book actually come out to be something clever. Is you can, you know, you ended up having Jason Todd getting the offer in his book. Uh, But here you are able now to give Dick Grayson the offer because you already have the Nightwing squad that then can fight against him. So, yeah, I do think you're going to get a fight at one point here, um, but I think they're just going to assume he was a villain by the end of that. But, yeah, I like the idea because if there was no Rick Grayson you know, you would have had Blockbuster get the offer. You would have had, you know, some other penguin or say, you know, whoever would have been. I'm saying though, but you would have had a villain. Get it. You don't need to do that now. You can tie in a clever way the Court of the Owls into Nightwing. That doesn't change the book because Rick Grayson is only part of the Nightwing book. And so I think that that's a pretty clever way to go about this offer and kind of, you know, maybe even show some people some of the cool things about the Court of Owls and also give you a background of the Grayson. A lot of people don't realize. All that What's Batman that? baggage anymore, William Cobb. Now that he's this, you know, this blank slate, you can turn him into a talent just like you yeah, always were. Grace and Lyle live and on. That's people, people probably don't realize that that a big thing in the New Fifty Two Kyle Higgins run of the Nightwing was the idea that we found out that Dick Grayson was targeted to be a talent until Bruce Wayne took him away. You know, if in fact Tony Zuko didn't kill his parents, there's a good chance that Nightwing, you know, Dick Grayson, not Nightwing, but Dick Grayson would have become a talent because that was his destiny. And then they ended up having to grab somebody else that didn't work out very well either. And some of his friends really took a fall because he was not there to be the talent. So there was a pretty cool back and forth with that. But that is fully in and i think that that's one of the things that i hope they spell out a little more you, you don't have to fully recap rick grayson i wish that they would have spelled it out a little more of so the idea I. and i think they will but that the idea that nightwing dick i keep saying nightwing but it's more dick grayson that dick grayson was supposed to be a talent and his grandfather great grand his his legacy of his family line are talents the reason he was part of Haley's circus and in the circus was to be trained to be a talent all these things were just supposed to be for Talon, and uh, that's pretty cool to bring that back. And I it hope that cool. that kind of opens it's up. It's one of the most interesting offers I think that we've seen so far. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I like the idea that because you have him aside there with this Rick Grayson, you are able to, in a Nightwing, kind of use Rick Grayson as the author of a villain. And that is really neat. And with him really stressing that he doesn't remember stuff now, uh, that is a really cool way to get him involved in what was supposed to be his destiny. So I thought that, and and legitimately when they say that this is his great grandfather, that it is, it legitimately is. That's not a play. That's not a misprint or anything. I think that that probably, you know, threw some people off, but this is him. Uh, But yeah, what, what did you give this? I ended up giving this issue a 6.9 out of 10 because I really enjoyed the art, but the issue was a lot of recap from all angles dealing with the Nightwing squad, how they feel about Rick, Rick himself, and even doubled up with that with him talking to B. But I do like the aspect where we are getting to a different point of this character. We're developing this new persona more where he doesn't want to be like his old self. He is willing to tell his secrets to somebody that he believes he loves. I think it might put her in danger, so do you. But on top of that, I really like this idea of William Cobb and the offer from Lex getting him back into the whole talent thing. It's just that a lot of the issue i'm telling you i want i wanted to go higher on this because I, i'm like gonna this go book and i like a lot of aspects much. but yeah so much recap from all angles it was just hard to put this over a seven in my mind so a 6.9 out of 10 yeah i'm gonna give it a seven and i will stress the idea if you are interested in this book and you want to jump on the book already this is a good issue to jump on. You're going to get a lot of recap. Oh, yeah. That's what Eric, like you said, for people who have been reading, that throws you off. We've had a lot of recap with this. It, it, again, if you want to know what issue to jump on and you're like, well, you know, do I have to jump on at 50? Do I? You can jump on this one issue and pretty much be up to speed with what's going on in this book. Yeah, you're not missing much. If you, if you haven't read this book because you thought Rick Grayson was nonsense – and yet you've heard some things about it, you know, on our podcast or others. Yeah, I don't know how many others are liking it, but if they are and they're saying things like, you know, oh, this is cool. That's cool. So you think, oh, I'll jump on this. This issue does not show you really what's been cool. So if it's something where you want to jump on and want it to for a while, jump on with this issue. If you've been kind of like, eh, I don't want to deal with that stuff. I heard it sucked. I don't want any parts of it. Just keep saying that because this issue does not point out what I think are the cool things, which is pretty much the Nightwing squad. And when they're all suited up, when they're trying to do their things and when Rick helps. Uh, But the offer is pretty cool. It does show you some things and it's going to tie back to the beginning of the new 52, which pretty much was one of the reasons why I started really liking Nightwing, uh, especially. And so I'm really, you know, pretty pumped up for see what's going on. And like you said, this does give you the angle that we're probably going to come to a head with this between Nightwing and the Nightwing squad, which you can only think that by the end that will get Nightwing back and being Nightwing. I actually, in my mind, I hope that they keep the Nightwing squad around in this book anyway. We'll see. Yeah, I I want them to, to remain. I don't want them to die. I think that Zach, I mean, how many times... Are they getting Zach to almost die that somebody else will die? Zach will not die. He's been burned. Oh my God. He may have needed a kidney out of nowhere. Who knows? Really? He'll live. Hutch will die because we love him. Oh no, Hutch. You know what I mean? Yeah, we 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 love Hutch. So so he'll die. And and really, if you want, like I said, the, the big thing is. The idea of them in their suits. And Colleen has the coolest. She'll die, right? She's the one because it's sexist. And that'll drive them nuts. Yeah. So, but yeah, she has the the low, the, you know, the, the crop deal, the V-neck. So that's cool. But yeah, I like this enough. It is a lot of recap, but it was a quick read. And I really like the offer. So I'm going to give it a seven out of 10, but we're going to move on to the last book 
of the night. And I think that you said to me off off mic that you were a little bit disappointed in this. And what book is that, Eric? That is Teen Titans number 32, written by Adam Glass with art by Bernard Chang, Marcelo Maiello, and Rob Lee. It's round two between our Titans and Lobo, and for the most part, that's about it. Yeah, we get the feels pushed on us about the idea of family and how our team being there for one another, but at the end of the day, it's a fight and then an offer. Yeah, and uh, I, I think I'll like this a little more than you. Um, but not that much. I, I still like the interactions. I think Roundhouse is really great in this. Uh, Jin is a little off. And I'm starting to think, because I even said to you while we were talking, like, oh, man, it's so hard to get new characters. And I really like the new characters in this book. And it, it seemed like you were like, well, Jin's a little off. And, yeah, and even in this issue. Yeah, you don't really care for. Uh, oh, there's a moment crush. in this book when we're attacking Lobo. And out of nowhere, Jin has her magic seems like it's turned against her. And I have no idea why. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Crush, obviously, is the big deal going on here. So I, I've liked her enough. Uh, I really like Roundhouse. I, I think that he still is the greatest. He has the He's best one-liners. And, and the thing is, I think that why I like him a lot, at first we thought he was a little over the top, a little push. Then he died and came back and we fell in love with him. Then he because stole Adam our Glass, hearts. Yeah, he did steal our hearts. Adam Glass ended up where it's not fully – you know, like slapstick humor that that he does. It's that he's so naive. He's always wondering what's going on. He's always re- It's just it plays out really well in my mind. Even when they're there and they like they think that Crush is going to die at the beginning, and it seems like they're praying. And you end up where Roundhouse looks over and looks over at Kid Flash, who's just staring forward. So man, dude, close your eyes. I mean, that's not a, nobody. It's just a nice so. moment. Yeah, I know. Nobody is. It's just funny when he says that, uh, because at the end of last issue, they did take Crush away from, uh, took him away from Lobo, who was going to kill all of them. They ran away. They went to Williamsport, PA. Eric, you know, oh, yeah. very close Old to us compared to a lot of other things. Uh, and even spell out the like, old hey, shadow you know, farmland. <laughs> yeah, they're the, hey, we're in the old uh, yeah, farm. And I really wish like over the deal, you see, oh, there's the shady maple. There's Jimmy. He's getting out of his car. He's, he's going there. That's where Batman shows up because I've made a you can't seismic. see over the other cars. Yeah, I know. I, I've made a seismic deal as I've stepped out of my car. My big fat ass ended up going. But yeah, see, you're going with this and they're trying to, you know, make sure that Crush doesn't die. And she yeah. does wake up almost like a Pulp Fiction deal, Uma Thurman. You know, what the hell? She starts yelling. <laughs> and she's mad because she's like, where is he? I want to finish the job. Such a weird job. idea, though, because I want to know more about her healing factor with her being Zarnian and stuff like that, where everybody yeah. does believe she's going to die from the wounds that she saw. And then she just gets up, okay, we're good now. I'm like, Yeah, I, I think right. that it was part science, part magic, and maybe Harley Quinn's neurology uh, PhD. Her five degrees in neurology? Yeah, her five degrees in neurology. But she does pop up. And they're in this Williamsport deal. And now she's pissed. Just yeah, really. Well, she is pissed. And she's pissed because she's like, why'd you take me away? I And one of almost like one of those things where eh, she does kind of have little big man syndrome here of the what? I almost had him. Like one of those. Right? You're like, no, no, no. You're lucky to be alive. And you know what? So are we. He, got he didn't lucky. just get out of there. He was going to kill all of us. You know, that's not the thing. And through this whole deal, it's going to be the fight. I think it's a little overdone. The obel- well, obelisk. And is that the thing that they want to do? 
Yeah, Oboist yeah, is not the worst part about this because even when I we think had this that it's thing, overly okay, long because it started last we're, we're issue at, though. We're, we're at Red Arrow's, you know, farmhouse that her mother used to take her to to calm down for a little while, and we're gonna wait here for Lobo to get on our scent again. And when he does, we'll be ready for him. And the fact that I'm like, okay, you could do some Home Alone, some booby traps, whatnot. Yeah. But the fact no. that matter, we have this giant fucking ton like weight looking thing with spikes on it come down. I'm like they say yeah. it's the roof. I'm like, where the hell did they get these things? And yeah, the that's a little over the stuff. top. Is this now magic? again. I wish that it was spelled out where they said, wait, and I I want it more. I mean, really, Adam Glass kind of trips up a little here because this is perfect, perfect setup for Home Alone. This is perfect where they lead from one area to the other. You have a lot of space here. You have a lot of open space. You've spelled out that that you're in this area because it's so open and not many neighbors and all these things. So you can set up. You can set up a Lobo trying to find him in a basement. Something happens that then he has to go out in the cornfield. Something happens. They could be all over the place. And they don't. They only go to one place. I wish that it was set up where they said, well, we're going to have to do. You do see Damien at one point looks like he's setting it up. He's got a chain. It's attached to the roof. And he's pulling it up. And he says, we'll be ready for him when he gets here. It's not quite enough of what's going on. I wish that Damien would have went to Emiko and said, okay, I know your mother. I mean, she's a pretty bad. Where are the weapons? Yeah. What has she done? Is this place set up in case like, because this is where Emiko used to go with her mom when they wanted to cool down. Cool down for Shadow would be the heat is on. We got to cool down by going somewhere, but they might follow. And I think that this place would be booby trapped. I wish that that was set up of, Hey, I'm where are the traps? Oh, we got like some all crazy of a sudden ones it's a lot here. Like silencers house with all the lasers and everywhere. Just yeah, in case yeah, for a security I would think measure. That it would be, I would think that shadow just doesn't have a, a fun. Plus who is working this farm to make it still look functioning. I mean, it looks like somebody's hands. actually doing work on the farm. These people better be told to go home. Uh, they shouldn't be there. This is Green Acres, but it's Green Acres about to turn Red Acres well, when Lobo Acres shows up to, to start doing things. Yeah, not, not when Lobo shows up. But it's a nice way for them to kind of sit there and get into an environment. Again, I don't think it's played out enough. I think that this is one of those where you do see Damien kind of break down a little. You do see him soften up a bit. I think that maybe this would have been better served, not to hide from Lobo, but at a point where they would go here. For, and it is a team building thing, but I would have liked to have seen them. I like this team when they're not being trying to be badass superheroes. That's where Roundhouse is the best. When we had Roundhouse and Kid Flash eating at his house with his mom mom there, that was great. That's the things I like. So I would have liked it where at one point they had to go to this, and maybe they will later. Maybe this is a setup for it, where they have to go, and all of a sudden Damien's got to be the guy who's running the tractor. Stuff like that. That would be pretty cool as a down issue a kind of a a cool off issue here they're hiding and like you said i wish it was set up more of what they're doing because basically damien just says we'll be ready for him i would have liked to see them train in some formations because i told you last issue where it started my thing that i thought was kind of clever was they were kind of at odds with each other they just found out about the dungeon all this stuff had been kind of coming at them they didn't have enough time or, you know, even liking each other enough to coordinate stuff. So when Lobo came, they were really out of sorts. Here they are not, but it's very forced. You don't see them really working it out. At one point, all of a sudden, they just hear a bang, and Roundhouse grabs the pitchfork and starts yelling, I don't think that's wind. And you end up having Lobo come in through the floor 
uh, you know, through the ground and grabs Crush. Everybody reacts. And then it's just so quick to get this freaking death gauntlet machine. Well, that's the whole thing. thing. We've, we've had so much thing going on with, you know, we haven't even brought up the idea of the other and the other being the one who, like, you know, brought Lobo yeah. here for the whole payday to kill the Teen Titans. But, like, you know, we just we haven't dealt with the idea of the dungeon yet. Red Arrow killing Deathstroke. Nothing is really brought up. I'm and and Damien like does panels. say to Jim, yeah. says he's sorry we, we, about we, it and he wants we to We have stop. that. Yeah. But we pretty much, she doesn't want to talk about it. And this is the idea, we might have to kill no. Lobo. Okay. And then we move on to a few hours yeah, later. That it's is the weird, most though, progression we get about how anybody's feeling up, about this whole situation that we've been dealing with. It does issue play after up issue. that Damien, though. Damien doesn't want to kill him. He's kind of saying, you know, yeah, eh, maybe we shouldn't. Yeah, he has. Jen has. And she kind no. of seems weird. But the other thing is they, they throw this giant, you know, pretty much a, a spiked ceiling comes down. It's, it's Indiana Jones comes down on him. And they're all just standing around. They're all watching. This is Lobo. I mean, they know who Lobo is. They should be already there. This should be part one of part six part home alone. They should be running off now. Lobo goes, does a tripwire because he's got blood in his eyes and it sends a tractor into him or, you know, a, a wood chipper, something like that, which I think that this would be a really good issue. Also to show Lobo can regenerate a lot they kind of do but he regenerates so quick here and there's yeah. so much to it and also he's just i understand a lot of people who don't like this teen titans book in this issue in particular are saying like there's lobo just going after kids it is a little over the top it does get a little bit too much as it goes on i just wish you know you just have him almost like a terminator going but he's talking trash he's going through this now you do have Jin use her magic you do end up with emiko using an Not arrow really, but though. these aren't yeah well she ends up changing him she says at one point i don't even but, know, you know what that all means this, she says she changed I don't either. him but then it doesn't make any sense i think she we just have gave him give the offer at the end they gave him a lobotomy, but no, they they end up. She kind of makes him docile, or so I don't know. But even at the point where you get the smoke grenade type thing from an arrow, and he ends up, it's. I thought that he was sniffing the K. Now I thought he was Ultraman. It looks so much like it. Uh, but yeah, as this mm, is like yeah, yeah, as this is going on, yeah, it's just a fight again. So you end up having kind of a neat thing where they planned. We gotta take out Obelisk. No, it don't do it. Back it came from yeah. Look, I don't know what this thing is. It didn't come from me. It might have come from your mother. My mother? Who's that? Bitch, I don't know who yeah. your mother is. I don't know I who don't anybody know. is. I didn't know yeah, who you were. Yeah, basically, it's like, listen, I, I have I have had relations with a lot of people. Yeah, you your know, most of the kids that came whore. out, I killed. Yeah, really, he is. And uh, yeah, the whole deal is. I have nothing to do with it, which just points that Lobo is out. Yeah, he's got this offer, so we'll have more of that later. But now the who's my mom? Who's my mom? So we'll have to go with that whole deal. But yeah, the whole thing with Obelisk, it's like, hey, you know, it's trying to get out to do this. Yeah, all this going on. But I'm afraid it's, you know, it's part of him. It's part of Lobo. It'll go to Lobo. It's my only friend. When Lobo says, I don't know what the hell you're talking about with that chain, chain on that thing in my mind you are like you open the box and say just go for it i don't care what you do chain go it two chains Obelisk, three chains get take em. out the trash yeah. take it yeah really do that next thing it knows it grabs emiko and takes off not that trash you end up there and I, also Obelisk, i would i would have no liked kung fu it. yeah <laughs> really so I, I like that idea i wish it was pushed forward but then the crazy ending because there, it's this overlong fight to just have Jin say i've changed him 
And well, not only I that, because that right now when, more... he, when, she, when she changes him, he's wrapped up by Obelisk. And later on, when we found yeah. out that he is taken to the moon, strapped yeah, to a chain on a tractor, I'm like, well, that's not Obelisk on there anymore. Like, I wish they would have spelled that out that no. they didn't, you know, strap, like, because this isn't Obelisk yeah, on the moon when the freaking the offer comes to In him. the tractor. Just, they ended up sending I, the tractor to the moon. I just it's don't crazy. know what he's doing there, because all it is is he's laying there, chained up to a tractor on the moon. And when Lex yeah. comes to the offer, it's like, get away, you stupid ghost. Go away, like, stupid ghost. But yeah, what happened then? Because now? what happened? Yeah, the chain that is on him looks like he could easily break out of. Yeah. Maybe he's just hanging on the moon. He likes it. He's like dug in. He's fragging uh, kids. But yeah, and this is where you know maybe we'll go with. But I, I wanted a little more, and I know that you can't fully lobotomize Lobo, loboatomize him, Eric, but. For this book, that would have played out really good because they are afraid of Jin a bit. There's that back of their mind deal that Jin is overpowered, that Jin is evil, and Jin could end up doing something really, well, even really what she awful said, here. When she changed, like, oh my god, you can do that. There will be a cost. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, mean? there will be a cost, and then they're like, well, like what? You do the dishes for a week. Gotcha. Oh. But yeah, and then I love just their talking, and, and it's so obvious. We're like, what are we going to do with him? And it is Roundhouse's half of his face, and he's like, I got an idea. And you see the moon in the background. There's no shock of what he's thinking. He, he's thinking outside the box. I'll give him that. I mean, sending him to the moon, but you don't even see how they do it. Like you said, how they strap him up. What does it mean? How they're doing it. And then when you get Lex going and saying, boy, I'm glad that I made these drones able to go all over the place because, geez, I had to go to the moon for you. And just the idea at the end of this of all two issues of a full out fight, two issues of him talking trash where already what happens when he gets off the moon? You know, Lex doesn't show up. What happens with him when he gets – he's going to go attack the Teen Titans. He's going back for the Teen Titans. I know. The whole idea that the offer is, look, I'm going to give you a way to destroy the Teen Titans and your daughter will help you do it. I'm like, well, I don't want her help. I want to do it myself. You know, the whole thing. I don't care about my daughter. And he's like, well, what are you going to give me, Lex? Love and hate? He looks. He's got tattoos, love and hate on his hands already. He's like, I already got that. This is no offer. Get out of town. And this is where – Again, I, I complained earlier about Bane's offer because offer. you had you had Tom King kind of skirting the issue where Alexis, sir, sir, oh, because – but this is hardly an offer. This is like – in Lobo, the way he's acting, if you didn't just go with Adam Glass's Lobo right in this book, which you should because it's right here, the idea of Lobo saying like, hey, I'm going to give you an offer. I'm going to let you destroy the Teen Titans. He'd say, offer? I, I don't need your – I'm doing that anyway, but – The thing is, this is what gets me is I think that where Lobo, where it's not fully go to the Lobo deal, Lobo would take this offer, but he would turn it into a way for him to make money. Like I'm telling you, like I'm listening, but you're going to give me more than tech or, you know, something like that. It's going to cost you some little thing at the end to show because he's going to do this anyway, but he would double up. He would double dip trying to do this, but it's a weird offer to have two issues of fighting just to get an offer to go fight them again. And I think that, you know, this was a two-parter and it does say next, the new normal as year of the villain continues. I'm not so sure we're going to see Lobo right away fighting them. I think we're going to have a little build up. Maybe we'll have, uh, 
Yeah, well, maybe we'll have a couple issues that hopefully explains that, maybe explains the tech he's going to get what he's going to do. But again, Lobo Lobo has a lot of things to kill you with, right? Yeah, I'd love it if he was Mr. Mom. That'd be awesome. Um, But yeah, it it was a little down. I I still think I'm a little bit uh, higher in score than you um, because I still enjoyed some moments. Uh, It's by the end, the kind of push into the year of the villain to get him out of this book on the moon just to get back. That's where it kind of went wonky. I really was enjoying it even up to the point where, you know, Lobo's like, I don't know. I screwed a lot of ladies. Look at me. I'm Lobo. I mean, really? I'm supposed to remember one lady? <laughs> How dare you? Uh, I liked all that up until the point where Jin changes them. And they send them to the moon just for the offer. Even the to whole be thing where they had back. hours to prepare. They didn't only seem to do that one thing. If it wasn't for yeah, Oblis, they, they would have been work. destroyed. That's, yeah, I agree. They, they really should have planned more. But they thought that that was the be again. They they got their ass kicked so much by Lobo. You want to go that if you think it's going to take six death machines to kill Lobo, you make eight. You, you better be careful because he is pretty bad and he can get out of some things and he can heal. I really think that they should have had something that would negate that healing factor some way. Maybe Jin with her magic would have been able to do that. That would have been a better way to, to kind of go or, with it. You know, but Jin yeah, do just anything except for just saying, I changed him. All right. There's going to be a cause. All right. She meant, she meant his underwear. He shit his pants. When when that thing came down on him in the barn, he shit, he shit his pants, Eric. I'm not saying underwear now. I'm saying pants because if you look, okay. look at him on that last page. Uh, no. It looks like there's something going on. I don't think that's blood. I, I think there's fecal matter. And he in space, is, he's no very smart. <laughs> in space, nobody and can also, smell your shitty how, pants. How, how is Lobo hearing freaking this goddamn thing of Lex Luthor in space from this offer? <laughs> it's because the cloud of methane. <laughs> around him from his (laughs) shitty pants has made a bubble that allows that to happen. Plus, as I know, you're not aware of this, Eric, those aren't word bubbles. Those are actually being projected into space. So they're not talking. They are actually making, you know, big giant signal signs out in space because that's what happens. Yeah, you stupid ghost. Did did I mention that he shit his pants? Eric, he's Constantly. done this. And and do you think Lobo's kind of smart? I know he comes off as a gruff guy. He's he's a guy, but he's yeah, kind of smart. Some intelligence. You know, killings is business and business is good. In mm-hmm. the back pocket, he has scissors. He knows not to pull the pants off, Eric. He'll cut them off with scissors because as we've learned from the guy at work, if you pull your if you pull the pants down after you shit yourself, it smears the fecal matter down your legs. If you cut it off with scissors, you're you're free and clear. Now, I don't understand because there's still a lot of remnants, Eric, yeah. and he's never explained that to me. He's never told me what then he does. I don't want him to talk to me about does. these things. The other day, Eric, you weren't at work. He legitimately shit his pants at 7.10 in the morning. He had been working 10 minutes and he shit his pants. He cut them off with scissors, which he showed me where he keeps his scissors. I am now going to steal this guy. I'm going to steal the scissors, Eric. He's in big trouble the next time this happens and I'll have to go home. But all day, all I smelt was baby powder and fecal matter, and it made me gag the whole day. And just a little bit to thank you with, you weren't at work, so that meant that he worked with me all day. All day, I smelt that. Yep. Uh, the worst. But yeah, 710, he comes out. Looks like I'm in trouble. I think what he said, he comes out. Looks like my day started bad. Oh, really? What happened? Shit my pants. 
I knew I shouldn't have eaten that stuff last night. I'm like, there was a lot of time between last night and now, my friend. What happened? But yeah, he ended up coming to work, running to the bathroom. It was too late, Eric, just like Lobo there on the moon. That's why he can't move. If he moves, it'll cause trouble with the shit in his pants. What did you give this issue, Eric? I'm going to give this issue a 6 out of 10 because I really don't think there was much to this at all. I thought the art was okay, but even that got confusing at times. Like, I was going through where I thought that Jin got herself hurt by her own magic. I think it was shrapnel from from crush punching something, yeah, but I'm still I not quite too. sure. Because I was, I was like, aye, Jin, are you okay? Yeah. No response, so who knows what happened. I, like, I don't know why she didn't magic do this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to – I need that on the soundboard. Aye, aye. Oh, yes. I, but no, yeah, it's that was just that, this was a very down issue in my mind. The offer doesn't make any sense to me. And it was just an extended fight scene. Round two, as I said before, in my blurb, it's just I didn't care for round one as much. And you're just reiterating the same things, just to have Obelisk show up and say, the same for me. That's the only progression of story we've really got this whole thing. And knowing the shadow has a farm in fucking Williamsport. I'll agree with that, Eric. I will agree with what you say. I did like the art, though, and I liked some okay. of the character moments. So I, I'm actually, you said six? Yeah. I'm going to go six, eight. I can't go up to a seven, which I was originally going to give it, but you're right. I mean, there's a lot of things that were just kind of forced there. And again, you know, I said it, you said it already. Even all the fun you get we an could offer have with the Home Alone, nothing. you get one thing yeah. that doesn't even make sense to me with these spikes and everything like that. If you would have said yeah. magic, if they just would have said magic, I could have gone with it, but they didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, there's and even I the idea him. like I don't know what that means. There's there is the idea like you even have the thing where you're gonna get a moment between Kid Flash and uh, Roundhouse. It's the same moment again. It's hey, I survived yeah, the nuke. I'm worried moment. about you. So and and he's good enough to have more moments. The moment that you should have or the fun with this whole thing. You say Home Alone. The fun with Roundhouse is the idea. He is a guy who's pretty much right on with the tech. He's a tech guy. He loves the internet. He loves the, you know, that him on a farm should be classic. Him do, and, and then him taking to farm life would be even better. You're not there long enough. Things are just there to be there to have this one trap. And then, and so uh, it, it is a shame. It is a shame because there, it seems like there's a lot left on the table with this story. So yeah, six, eight, I'm going to go with. Um, but, I'm still into the series. It's still one of the books that I yeah. look forward to. I don't have a lot of books that when they pop up and I, you know, when everybody gets the books and things like that and, you know, things hit, everybody's like, oh man, did you read this? Did you read that? Again, there's only a few issues that I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I can't wait to read that. Most are the day that we talk about them now. Yeah, it's because we deal with these things all the time, but there are some books that I like enough that at least when I go to read them, I'm like, man, I'm really excited. And I will tell you, I knew that in my mind, because I make the outline, that Teen Titans would be the last book that we talk about tonight. But I also put Teen Titans, the last book I wanted to read for tonight, because I was pretty sure that I would enjoy it. I didn't love this issue. I still enjoyed it enough because it's one of my favorites. And I love Roundhouse. So there you go. That's it. Eric, what did you give your book of the week? My book of the week is Aquaman number 50. I really enjoyed that Minus issue. Minus two. Yeah. Yep. I, I loved it. I actually really, really liked it. I liked it so much that I did go off and do a video review of it. Now, it is a Patreon exclusive review with me and Eric talking about it where we talked, you know, pretty long. I made my own kind of condensed review of it on the on our YouTube channel, which is just look up Weird Science DC Comics. And I went through, you know, some of the things that I liked. It's about six minutes. So it's nothing like me and you talked about, but it's just me, you know, boring people. That's what yeah. I do. 
that, that's my superpower. But yeah, that is easily my book of the week and one of my favorite issues that we've gotten in a while and one of my oh, favorite anniversary issues. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> How could that be? I'm not supposed to be happy then. Uh, and And with that, like I just said, it was one of those anniversary issues that really took advantage of it being an anniversary issue and maybe have gone a little bit too far. There's a couple of things that, you know, if it was tightened up, up, it would have been better, but it was a good use of that number 50 issue. Uh, Here's what we have for next week. Eric, we have a bunch more books. No, no four issue podcast next week. We have action comics. Number 1013. We have Batgirl number 37. We have Batman Beyond number 34 that you'll be reviewing on the site. And Batman Batman Beyond Mark, Batman Bjark, I call him. That's his new name. He's going to be doing it on the podcast. We have Batman Curse of the White Knight number one. So that is coming back. Everybody loved that except Dancing Mike. And I will tell you right now as a little commercial – if you want to hear us talk about that, I'm telling you already, that's a Patreon deal. And I knew it would be, and it is. It's it's running away with it. We have Detective Comics number 1008. Maybe Dial H number five. We'll see. We'll see what mood strikes us. Eric, we have Freedom Fighters number seven. There's a book I look forward to when that comes out. Justice League Dark number 13. Uh, I think that I'm going to reevaluate my whole being and I'm going to try oh, yeah. to enjoy it, Eric. I'm not going to say I'm going to fake the funk, but I'm going to try, try to, to enjoy the other one slate. No, no, I don't need that. I need what happens. I'm going to call you up. Hey, I'm going to read Just League Dark in 10 minutes. That means you have to be yeah. over in eight, eight minutes and hit me over the head with a tire iron so I can forget things. Uh, Martian Manhunter number seven. That will. Yeah, really, I'm telling you, you better run. You run your I'm mouth, sweaty. You run all that stuff. Hey, really? Well, then when you go to hit me with the Tyron, it'll slip out of your hand. It'll hit my computer, and then we can just quit this whole thing. Martian Man under number seven. Jeremy will be reviewing it on the site and should be doing it on the podcast. Sometimes he gets, uh, you know, busy with things, uh, but I think that he'll do that. He really likes to talk about the Steve Orlando Martian Manhunter. We have Flash number 75. That ends the year one story with Flash, and it's an oversized issue. It's an anniversary uh, we have the Terrifics number 18, which, again, I have to talk to you if we are going to talk about that. And I do believe that Wonder Woman will make a comeback, a grand oh, return wow. to the podcast because it's issue 75. And I'm hoping big things happen. So we'll see. Uh, I think that that will be on there, but we'll see. We'll see how we mix and match. I, I We are getting away from the idea. And at one point, we were very proud of you know, all the books on the podcast. And that's something that I used to say. Obviously, I haven't said that in a while. Uh, maybe we'll try to get back to that until like Metal Men come out there. Then, then that, that all bets are off with that. And maybe Man, not Dial Metal H. Man. That's nonsense. And Metal Men. Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that nonsense. But we'll see. But yeah, uh, it's a, a bigger podcast next week. Obviously, if you want to get all the books, two of those books will be on the Patreon account picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Beep boop. Beep, in boop. the polls that we put up each week. And if you want to get involved in all that, go to patreon.com slash weird science. I want to say at the end here, in two weeks, there's another annuals week. And this is probably two of the closest annuals weeks we've ever had. We do have a fifth week of the month in July. It'll be an annuals week. So the annuals week episode is always on Patreon. On only that week is nothing on the regular feed. So if you want to get involved with that, join up the Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science. It's going to be more than that on there. We have a lot of shows, but that specifically will be that week, Patreon only. And you could just take a break from us if you don't want to get involved with that. I need yeah. a break from us. That's one thing. It's one of those things where you sit back and you're like, I need a break. I need a break from myself. How do you do that? 
How can I? Can you hit me with the tire Suicide. iron again? Because I really, oh, there you go. I think that is a clean break and a full break. I yeah. don't know that I need that. Maybe about nine months a break from myself. Right. Maybe I need coma. some disassociative disorder. I still want to do things that is somebody else. And I want to be somebody that I can throw shade at myself then. So I, I, end up, I want to be so on Twitter. Or some, maybe. I don't know what you get with this. You, you, what? You're nonsense. You sit there and look at me. I look over at you at work and I'm like, why is he looking at me like that? Are you licking your lips at points and sitting there? I sit there all the time defending your ass. Always I've been nice thinking about to you. cannibalism. I sit there. <laughs> really? That's what it is? I yeah, sit I there and I try, I try to help you out. I oh, sit yeah. there. When, 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 when Mark Jager says to me that if, if you don't do this Wonder Woman Walmart book, I'll never talk to you again. I say, listen. I like talking to you, Mark, so I will do that. Did I ever say that you had to join me? No, I took it for you. I said, I will do that myself because I know you don't want to deal with the nonsense. So I don't even throw it out there for you. So there, you, this is what I do. I end up just sitting there and I'll take that. I'll take it for the team. Me and you are the team. I'm taking it for the team. And then you say I'm ugly. And it gets- Calm down, I the, Argo. Jeez. I looked, at this, I looked at this picture. I should bring in this picture from upstairs. Uh-huh. Tanya has this picture hanging up in See our room. See a baseball picture? No, no. This is this is probably ten years ago. Oh my god! I'm okay. like, what happened, buddy? I sit there talking that picture. I'm like, that's when you thought that life had something to offer, right? I look so happy. I, I look young. I look very vibrant. I, I actually not a bad looking guy. I actually had so you know drunk. what lady, ladies might to know. Now I might be seeing this. I'm sitting there. Ladies might actually not be repulsed by you. There. What happened, pal? Tanya looks really young. I, she looks like, you know, at this point, she ended up having enough money that we could pay for rent and, and heat, Eric. It was before that. Not, I mean, things, <laughs> things really hit hard times at one point, and I could tell in, in the mirror every day. But I, I sit there, I'm like, boy, that, that's the gym I want to go back to. That's the gym I need back. But that gym's long gone, Eric. You get this one. So you say what and, I'm saying is right. No, no, I'm saying that whatever you think, you, you're stuck with it. I sit there and I'm looking at you all week and, you know, I keep my, my shade to myself. I'm sitting there like, yeah, I'm sitting there like, man, Jesus Christ. Every time I see you, I think that I want to eat a muffin, Eric. I don't know why. That's I'm my joke. I'm not going to throw shade at all. I did say that to you the other day, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. I would say that, but I barely see you anymore. It's too hot mm-hmm. at work. I, I ended up, we're working Wednesday, which was probably one of the hottest, muggiest days of the year. So we're working, we're we're commiserating with each other about how damn hot it is and how much we're struggling with this heat. Thursday comes, it's just as hot. Where's my Eric? He's not here. I'm struggling by myself. I'm like, we were brothers in arms yesterday. You had shitty pants with you. I'm I'm sitting there though. I'm like, we, we made it through the war together. We were we signed up for another tour and then I you bailed AWOL. on me. I'm still in Vietnam. You're at home. You're at home nailing my broad is what you're doing. <laughs> you ended up making up it's a story weird. to her that I died. You ended up commiserating <laughs> with her and nailed her. She was never very, you know, loyal to me anyway. I know she's been nailing guys this whole time, Eric. But, you know, that was between me and these other guys. Now you threw it in there. I'm knee deep in the shit. <laughs> I don't know what's you're happening right my now. Broad. I don't know what's happening. I know what's happening. You got a lot of freaking fireworks going on behind you, it sounds. But, ah, uh, that's it. That's it. You're there nailing my broad. I'm there. I I am there trying just to I get through day like by day. Day by day. Well, something's going on. Sounds like you're typing again, man. But uh, no. yeah, I'm there. 
I'm going, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep my feet dry. The rain's coming from sideways, upways. Me and me and Bubba are talking shrimp. We're here doing all this. There you are. You're at home now on my broad. It happens all the time. I don't understand it. Why are you doing broad? This? Uh, you sh- yeah, my broad. <laughs> That's appropriate, right? You got to remember, this is back in 1968. Broad, broad. Why did I say broad? Oh, like yes, seventeen times. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, then that's great. All right, that's the somebody's end. retarded. And, oh my god, there you go. You were really throwing it down. <laughs> I'm trying to make issue. you look good. Yeah, really. You, you, yeah, really. From what you say, that's impossible. What are you, smashing all the mirrors there? Hey, all right. What do we say at the end of the podcast, Eric? Everybody have a great week. Keep it weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven.